even humongouser deal. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gons as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is December 14th, 2020. This is episode 276. And today, the great cyber war psyop. And I am your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to the podcast where we report the egregious while pointing to Jesus, where we will likely offend you because we can be facetious supplement your weekly news digestion with us so you can get a well-rounded biblically grounded intake of crazy world events welcome to the show welcome to the show everybody all right it's the beginning of another week guns uh vaccine week has wrapped up in the uk and vaccines are flowing um and i saw a report from a couple days ago that said uh well, we know this, actually. The Pfizer vaccine, uh, is get, as we speak, being loaded up on trucks and shipped around the United States of America. Yep. So watch out, folks. Yeah, somebody was tweeting out with a video. This is the most highly anticipated unboxing video of the year. And it was like <laughs> a guy unboxing <laughs> the box of vaccines. and the, nah, That's funny. Yeah. You know, the... Uh, then the we we covered the story about how this is on par with the moon landing as far as scientific <laughs> achievement that type of language has just continued um everything i hear about is like this is a historic moment I know. this is this is an example of us at our best shipping out this vaccine so there you go um but before we get into a bunch of stuff any uh, any election up? Well, I guess any anything new in your life we we need to know. No, other than I have these nifty drumsticks that are green on the bottom, so they look invisible in my hand. Oh, that is oh, so yeah. cool! Check that out for people watching cool, on cool drumsticks, I know. bro. I'm gonna bring the the microphone drums into the mainstream. I'm gonna hit the microphone. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh, I hit my hat. Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> oh please! Oh no! Please! <laughs> okay, yeah, that's that's my fun update what about you anything new with you that's weird you know the the gate is blocking it really? out. i can't hear it when you do that yeah it it knows that this isn't supposed to be happening <laughs> all right well good that's you know yeah. the gate is working the sound gate is working yeah. as it's supposed to mm. yeah uh nothing new here except for i've been uh procrastinating on um, solidifying life. my Christmas plans. Yeah. Well, yeah, certainly life altogether. I feel like <clears throat> 2020 has just been one big procrastination. Yeah. You better been able to, uh, you better get on it because, uh, all the, the people that ship things are all busy shipping vaccines everywhere. They're not going to get to your, <laughs> you know, rug. Somebody's getting some, <laughs> something done this year. <laughs> Um, you know, I just have to keep reminding myself when I feel like I haven't been productive enough this year, I got to remember that we went from doing one half hour show to three, basically two or three hour shows yeah. a week. So we've, we've been working hard. I got to remember we're, we're staying busy, yeah, you, not slacking. Yeah, you should give yourself more credit with, uh, doing oh, the show. Go ahead. 
and I will give myself more credit just for those who are uh, have been following my uh, ever since I inquired about anabolic steroids. I got a lot of good suggestions and I have officially worked out for uh, six of seven days. Wow. So, yeah, staying on it. There we go. Yeah. Getting back in January 2020 shape. Just in time for the holidays. Yeah, I got to get that endocrine system in check, you know? Ooh, endocrine. Yeah. That's a big word. Uh, um, okay, that's all I cool. got. Cool. Let's uh, jump into some quick election stuff. Uh, and so my question yes. is very direct Is voting by mail secure? <laughs> no. I did notice people sharing this paper around. It was uh, an allied security operations group, Atrian Michigan Forensics Report. The client is Bill Bailey, attorney Matthew DePerno. Uh, and it was written by James, or I'm sorry, Russell James Ramsland Jr., a resident of Dallas County, Texas. He holds an MBA in Har- from Harvard University, a political science degree from Duke University. He's worked at NASA, so mm. he's super trustworthy, and oh, the Massachusetts good. Institute of Technology. And uh, basically, the summary here is that, uh, I'll read the thing here, quote, Our initial audits of the computer running the Democracy Suite software showed that standard computer security best practices were not applied. These minimum security standards are outlined in 2002 HAVA and FEC voting system standards. It did not even meet the minimum standards required of a government desktop computer, so... Another just lawyer putting stuff out there. The the evidence, the is facts. This about the twenty twenty yes. election. This is about the 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 main yeah, election. Yeah, twenty twenty. Okay. Yeah, that, let me just. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah sense. it says the election data software package uses uh, USB drives. November twenty twenty election uh, are secured with BitLocker encryption software, but they were not stored securely on site at the time of our forensic examination. The election data package files were already moved to an unsecured desktop computer and were residing on an unencrypted hard drive. This demonstrated a significant and fatal error in security and election integrity. And it goes on and on and it goes into a lot of details. It's a 23 page document here that outlines all the issues. Uh, antivirus definition is 1,666 days old on December 11th, mm. 2020. Mm, interesting. Um, but there you go. That's uh, you know some more, I guess, evidence yeah so some official some official uh i don't know if that's technically evidence yeah, it's but documentation at least, uh, professional documentation about mishandling of uh votes, yeah and you want to which doesn't surprise right anybody. and you want to hear the so the fringy q folk and their take on what's happening with uh uh you know the scotus rejecting the lawsuit and all these lawsuits being dropped all over the country. Oh yeah. You know, okay. I so it. there's a couple things. One is that these judges, especially in the Supreme court are being threatened and that wouldn't be too surprising. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if their families and lives are being threatened. Uh, but again, mm-hmm. there's no way to verify that one way or the other. And then the other one is that all these judges in these different counties and States are already compromised by China. And so Trump is entrapping them by having them mm. deny the uh, the cases on standing instead of the evidence, uh, he's yeah. you know they're just basically setting up a big a big arrest, uh, you know, massive yeah. arrest. Well, that would not be that surprising given the uh, China news that came out exactly. The past couple days, and that, which we'll get that was to. a point yeah. I was going to make is that some of the news we cover, you know, tangent to the election stuff is starting to kind of 
bleed into each other. You know, the, the right. cyber war and all well, that stuff. Yeah. I know that's that's the and again, I've realized that this, especially the past couple months, I'd say pretty much this whole year, uh, you and I, we've just been shocked that all or uh, many of the uh, crazy things we talk about and have outright predicted over the past, you know, eight years or so are straight up becoming reality. And I don't want to I don't want to, you know, seem like we're taking too much pleasure in that <laughs> no. because we we do mention it but we we just have to point out when it you know because for the past eight years we we've made some pretty crazy predictions and followed some pretty crazy categories of uh world events and future happenings and the way that they're just all coming together into one big sort of theory of everything is a little spooky. It's a little eerie. It worries me. But so that's why we have to point out whenever we, you know, uh, things sort of congeal into one big worldview verifying, uh, I don't know, state of the world, I guess. Called it. And the thing is, there's a lot of uh, what has happened in the last, especially four years is that the, conspiracy theory stuff has gotten really crazy and really wild mm-hmm. in the public, not just like on the fringes. It's kind of mainstream. Yeah. It's like really wild conspiracy theory type stuff. And it feels like yeah. it's because the reality is a little bit more in the middle. You know, it's always, everything's moving at the, at the, at the same rate. Yeah. And so right. there's extremes now with the conspiracy theories because the reality is a little bit more closer to the stuff we were talking about before and we're trying to stay level but then you know most people are ready to to go to the deep deep end on everything and and we're kind of like okay totally well and pair that with the extreme demonization of conspiracy theorists quote unquote in in the mainstream you know it's no surprise that as these things are actually coming into reality um that People who pay attention to them are demonized uh, just part of the sort of the control mechanisms by those who uh, have so much to lose with these coming to things coming to yeah. light. Um, I have a quick election thing. Very uh-huh. quick. Um, this came across my desk today, and this is from Politico, which is part of the reason I want to bring it up because very interesting coming from Politico. Usually, as we've seen, uh, and this is just objective analysis, especially this year, you know, there's no, uh, No news is allowed to come out in any way besmirching the Democrat Party. Um, But this came across Politico.com. Iowa autopsy report DNC meddling led to caucus debacle. You remember the Iowa Iowa caucus debacle? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, this is quite a while while ago ago. now. Find the article. here. Yeah, but at the time it was big news. Um, Just real quick, Democratic National Committee meddling combined with missteps by the Democratic Party were the primary drivers of the chaos that torpedoed the Iowa caucuses earlier this year, according to a new audit commissioned by the state party. So really interesting. You have uh, a left leaning outlet reporting from, uh, you know, about the Democratic Party uh, admitting 
that the Democratic Party <laughs> meddled in their own caucuses in ways that caused a huge hubbub. The report, which was distributed to the Iowa Democratic Party State Central Committee at a meeting Saturday morning and obtained by Politico, identified a series of errors made by the DNC, IDP, and the technology company contracted by the state party to build a reporting app to collect caucus results. Uh, the February caucuses were overrun by foul-ups. The state party was named unable to report a winner uh, blah 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 but basically whoopsies we admit there was some uh some meddling that happened and i think the only reason i bring it up is because i think it's interesting pr uh, precedent setting um that indeed the dnc can uh get in their own way sure i'm trying to find this other article and i don't know if it's recent news or not uh it's from mm -hmm. Oakland County, Michigan, maybe? I think it was Michigan. Michigan State mm -hmm. Police arrest celebrated Democratic official on six felony charges on election fraud from the elections mm, from wow. 2018. But I don't know if this is recent. It might be older, uh, you know, a few mm. months ago. It's Sharika Hawkins is facing election fraud. Um, and so yeah, it's seen, it's not obviously the mainstream isn't really carrying the story regardless, which sure. is why I'm kind of like, did this happen now or did this happen a few months ago? But it can right. happen, but no one's going to know about it, at least in the mainstream. So, yeah, I mean, the, the corruption is real on both sides, but obviously it's, it's going to cater to uh, the stakeholders, you know, in the news agencies and stuff. Um, but as a side note to the whole election thing, I thought it was interesting. And this will come around again as a topic throughout the episode here. Uh, but Trump. This is Times of Israel. Trump backtracks on planned early vaccination program for White House officials. So, oh, yeah. Interesting. So plans sparked criticism with the U.S. president aides consistently flouting COVID-19 guidelines amid limited supplies of shot. Trump says he'll get inoculation at the appropriate time, which is kind of weird. <laughs> it's like, you know, he's all boasting about the whole, uh, oh, the, with the greatest breakthrough in science and vaccine. Operation Warp, Operation Speed. Warp Speed. And now he's like, oh, we're going to wait on the White House officials to get the to get the yeah. backs there. Did we report on the story about the Philadelphia health system not requiring vaccinations? I don't. For its, I don't uh, know. We we did so much. I must have just Yeah, I know. Well, I'm trying to remember if we actually read it on the show, but yeah, it it's along the same lines. You know, if I believe it, oh, I'm sorry, Pennsylvania um, uh, one of the largest healthcare uh, organizations or systems in the country, um, 79,000 employees. Uh, they decided they're not going to require the COVID vaccine because they're not sure it's safe enough to require. <laughs> and these are the doctors and the nurses. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. I, I really, it's really amazing how uh, the vaccine issue has completely split the country as well. You know, half the country going, yeah, give it to me now. And the other half going, yeah. never my body, my choice, which right. is very fascinating. But uh, those topics will come back around and um, anytime uh, the election adjacent stuff comes up, we'll tie it in and connect some dots for you. But in the meantime, let's start with the, uh, with your favorite Basil, your flippy update. You ready? Yeah. Flippy update. Do you want fries with that? Time for the Flippy update, folks. If you're new to the show, let me just tell you, the uh, Flippy is the colloquial name for the disembodied robot arms that are taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and 
flirting with our spouses. We use talking about Flippy as a proxy conversation to explore how robotics and AI are taking over the world. And there's nothing we can do about it. Um, Today is a little bit different. Been kind of switching up the Flippy updates lately. Um, This one's a little bit more on a positive note, but there's an interesting, there's a video I want to play in a second, um, but some interesting details to point out that kind of show a roadmap to the future um, of Flippy. Specifically, this is in the context of uh, prosthetics, but the article is titled SoCal Army Captain Among First Amputees to Test a New High-Tech Robotic Prosthetic Hand. And why don't we just play Move the clip? On. Flex inside the cuff and it will change the grip. Army Captain Kerry Duval is helping test a new robotic prosthetic hand that is changing the game for amputees across the world. Big hook here is a uh, gesture control where I can I can literally just flex inside the cuff and it automatically changes the setup of the hand to a different grip. Captain Duval lost his hand in an IED attack in Afghanistan six years ago. I knew right away that my hand wasn't coming back. It was pretty jacked up. After little to no success with previous prosthetics, he eventually discovered Westlake Village Interface Company BioDesigns. Their prosthetic allowed him to return to weightlifting, CrossFit, and yoga, and even allowed him to return to his job in the infantry, becoming the only amputee to get through Special Forces Assessment Selection. I went from having of, of an extremely atrophied right arm uh, to actually uh, getting volume and mass back. Ultimately, that's that's our goal is is you get on with your life. You you you, you don't even think about what you're wearing. It's it's part of you. Biodesign CEO Randall Alley is now proud to help take it to the next level, becoming the first facility in the country to test their interface with a new robotic hand made by a company called Brain Robotics. Instead of thinking I'm going to use my muscles a certain way, he just thinks of the grip he's going to use and goes right to it because the pattern recognition recognizes that pattern after being calibrated and trained. Technology that's giving hope to people who feel they can't move on. The fact that that stuff continues to evolve is really going to help out uh, not just other hand amputees, but people with uh, different levels of amputation and, um, you know, uh, different injuries. Brain Robotics is waiting for FDA approval for the hand. Ugh. The company hopes to launch the product early next year. Tony Cabrera, ABC. Early Se- next year. Yeah. Are you ready to become okay. cyborg? Yeah, you know, this was interesting. Couple things to note. First of all, it's it's a fully robotic prosthetic, uh, which is, you know, kind of like uh, Star Wars, Luke Skywalker's hand um, when he... Lost it to his father's lightsaber, (laughs) uh, which is kind of a first as far as one that uh, is... Uh, actually viable to use which does include per our conversation last episode um, you know elements of uh, machine learning attached Mm -hmm. to it uh, to help you sort of you know it it can only feel little flexes in your uh, forearm muscle and then uh, gets trained to make different uh, movements based on that, uh, you know, based on machine learning, things like that. I thought it was also very interesting that uh, he got the prosthetic and went on to pass the special forces selection assessment, yeah. which is pretty big deal. I mean, it, it was good enough that he could at least pass the test to go into the special forces after his amputation, which I have not heard of that happening very often, happening very often. One fun little, uh, one fun little detail guns. I'm looking at the Wikipedia for the United States army special forces selection and training, which is, uh, 
the this assessment test. And it says here, the Special Forces Qualification Course, or informally, the Q Course. Ooh. Is the initial former formal training program for entry into the United States Army Special Forces. Mm-hmm. Um, so happy this guy's getting his life back. He's continuing his military career instead of having to, you know, f- figure something else out, which is kind of cool. Um, Call of Duty. Some of the newer Call of Duties have um, included. Uh, robotic body parts so it's very interesting to see uh, call of duty is a video game for those who don't know a video game franchise and so it's interesting again seeing these formerly sort of fictitious uh situations coming to real life here yeah, and it's paralleling the science fiction and video games almost in tangent you know before it was kind of tandem, tandem yeah i'm sorry did i say tangent yeah. I mean, I, I meant yeah. tandem. Yes. Uh, but yeah, formally it was science fiction and then us sitting around going, Oh, it would never happen and sipping on our, uh, hot cocoa or something. But now, now they're <laughs> like, it's real. And the guy's going to use his robotic arm to drink his hot cocoa. So yeah, progress, I guess. Yes. Yeah, so I'm seeing, it is too late. I'm seeing a lot of people uh, pointing out some flaws in the possibility of this guy being in the field, electromagnetic magnetic pulses or sand getting in the gears and stuff. And I don't know. They maybe they took precautions. Who knows? Maybe he'll have a special uh, military grade uh, Faraday caged version that I was going to say will not. Affect. Yeah, like a Faraday glove or Faraday body. Suit. It wouldn't be. Yeah, it wouldn't be hard to protect yeah. it. Um, so that's very interesting. Just thought it'd be nice to have a little bit of a positive note on the flippy. Again, I usually try to avoid the straight up medical uses, but, um, I'm always glad to see, uh, our military men and women, um, improving their lives. Uh, I do want to say real quick, now that we're into the show, if you're watching over on YouTube on the Face Like the Sun channel or the Canary Cry radio channel, please hit that like button. We are still within the time frame where those likes uh, go a really long way to making the video visible, um, especially people who might be able to catch it live. So do your part to spread the word by smashing the like button. Um, I had one more thing to mention, but I forgot it. So let's move on. We interrupt this broadcast to give you a brief update. By the end of this timely interruption, you will be thoroughly updated. 33 is the number of completion of the Great War. 33, the Illuminati dog whistle, NewYorkPost.com. 33 arrested, four stabbed during MAGA march in D.C. That's cops. Oh, yikes. Yeah, did you see the whole MAGA uh, march this weekend? No. You know I don't look at the news on the weekend. it It was pretty big. There was a lot of people there. And, uh, hmm. you know, the one thing that I thought was very interesting, and I, I think the no agenda show played some clips from it, but, uh, Alex Jones got out there and started, um, you know, doing his little speech thing. But I thought it was very interesting because he really did pander to Christians. He was talking about God and, you know, Jesus and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was like, hmm. yeah, he also spoke at the Jericho conference. Oh, I think that's, that might've been uh, it. That might've been the, uh, okay. yeah. So yeah. I, I think this is, uh, was the Jericho thing different? Was it a, I thought it was the same weekend. I'm not, I'm not super familiar. I I think it was the same weekend. I don't know if it was the same. Yeah. But uh, anyway, 33 there, of course, 33 arrested just so happens. 
Perfect. Got to get the number right. Now I'm looking at this picture on the New York uh, Post. One? Oh, interesting. The first picture is a bunch of don't tread on me guys. Uh, you with the yellow and black uh, in yeah. yellow. Yeah, it's yellow and black and that but now I move I look at the other pictures and yes, indeed a Trump MAGA march, but I was thinking you know, it was weird that they're going a long way to make a first impression that these uh, uh, don't tread on me people are specifically MAGA people, which is uh, not appreciating the subtleties of different conservative yeah, thought. Yeah. And the the one criticism of Alex Jones, obviously, is that he's uh, an owned operative at this point. Of and course. that uh, he's uh, a complicit with the Mossad and the Zionist forces, <laughs> which is a, is this all confirmed or is this a theory? Um, I mean, there's some, I mean, of course I've heard all the theories, yeah, it's, but it's, you know, there's always possible that that's a psyop to sure. de- discredit him to the conspiracy. Sure. People. I mean, here's what I think. And this is just my opinion. I think he, he's like a true red blooded American, you know, but I mm-hmm. think he has, whether knowingly or not, because you know he's he's become such a popular figure, uh, I mm. do think he was put into compromising situations. Well, again, whether he knew it or not, with with certain uh, institutions, so <laughs> sure. to speak, uh, because of the, yeah. if you go through his history, there's a case that can be made that he never actually talks about the Mossad. He'll mention the Mossad, but when it comes to criticism of of the Mossad, oh, stuff, but he never says anything. Yeah, against it's it. kind of like. Even with like uh, Epstein, he didn't go into the Mossad. Well, he, I mean, that's what I'm saying. He will kind of now mention it, but he, he's very uh-huh. careful about uh, offending the Jews, quote unquote, you know? So um, yeah, huh. it's, it's a very interesting thing. If you start digging into it, go down that rabbit trail. There is a lot of omission when it comes to that topic of the sure. Zionists in okay. particular. So, uh, you know, just something yeah. to keep in mind there. Uh, he was definitely instrumental in me learning about stuff early on. I wasn't like a big Alex Jones guy, but I was interested in the stuff he was talking about. Uh, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. I just, it, there's just sort of the conflict between his deplatforming, sure, and uh, well, and you know, connections. Well, that's part of it. I think that's uh, it's almost like uh, cutting off your own as sort of a way to create. Ah, you know, okay, I yeah. see legitimacy. Yeah. All right. What's so next? this is another 33 update. It's kind of semi 33 though, but it's, it's all kind of connected. The way we were just talking about Israel it was a big setup for this one. The APAC org dot app dot box dot com. Yeah. That's a interesting uh, link there. But anyway, uh, this is a press mm-hmm. release. Congress adopts defense bill with major pro Israel provisions. So while everyone's talking about the elections and all this stuff, APAC uh, passes this bill and um, this is the uh, the bill includes United States Israel Security Assistance Authorization Act of 2020. And in the pact here, it says, or uh, the bill, it says, importantly, the measure includes the U.S. Israel Security Assistance Authorization Act. This legislation authorizes $3.3 billion in annual U.S. security assistance to Israel through Ooh, fiscal year ah. 2028. As called for in 2016 U.S. Israel Memorandum of Understanding on Security Assistance, and uh, you know, of course, 33, 33 billion would be a little, a little too much. <laughs> they went with a 3.3 billion. I thought it was a very subtle way to uh, signal to the elite that hey, we're we're part of this. Sure, yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, you got uh, you know, uh, this is part of the criticism of at least in America the uh, 
not the infiltration, but the partnership with Israel. There's a lot of evangelical Christians that say like, hey, they're the chosen people. We need to defend them. They're the only democratic uh, you know, land in the Middle East, and we have to protect their rights and all this stuff. But the mm-hmm. critique comes from not just uh, you know, just anti-evangelicals or anything like that. People are, that are basically looking at the economics of it all uh, look at it and say, why are we giving them more money than our own country that needs all kinds of stuff? And we got, we got sure. streets falling apart. We got all kinds of stuff that needs help infrastructure wise, but we're sending, you know, millions, billions of dollars and our guns to Israel. And uh, yeah, it's a yeah. legit criticism. You don't have to be anti-Semitic to have that. Uh, well, it's the same. It's the same criticism against a lot, a of, lot things of things that the United States is spending right, money. Exactly. On. So, I mean, but I just thought it was interesting. That's the military industrial there complex. You go. For Bingo. You. Uh, okay, moving on here. We have another uh, quick one. Artificial intelligence. This is SciTechDaily.com. Artificial intelligence discovers surprising patterns in Earth's biological mass extinctions. Ooh. Ooh. And there's a chart here for those of you watching. Uh, they basically, you know, plugged in the AI to the evolutionary tree and the uh, mass extinction events, and they verify this idea that we are entering a sixth mass extinction yeah that's been floating around here for i a know but bit. the ai well, said that- it. it's true oh, well if the ai <laughs> says it yeah so that's funny well the funny thing there is you know uh, human analysis and scientists around the world have been talking about uh, the the idea that we're moving into the sixth mass extinction for a while. And it's funny when you talk about uh, artificial intelligence and, you know, does it really know anything that we don't already know? I mean, this is a news story because AI said it, even though humans have been saying it for a while, not necessarily that I uh, take it as gospel, but it's uh, (laughs) very interesting how it has more, uh, more legitimacy now that the, the robot brain came up yeah, with it. Yeah, it's the whole garbage in, garbage out when it comes to data analysis with AI and machine learning. And uh, right. basically, they, they basically outlined how, I think they said 70% or maybe more of life forms on Earth have all gone extinct. And so, uh, yeah, I mean. In forever? Yeah, they talk about the billions and billions of years of life on this planet. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what happens. <laughs> Things die. You know, a fun, a fun thing that I, a fun little fact that I learned recently, and I don't know uh, <laughs> if it's very important or not, but I guess 80% or something, some humongous number of dinosaurs uh, were the size of chickens. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the, you know, these, you know, we have this idea that dinosaurs are all these humongous things. And uh, apparently there's more evidence to show that dinosaurs mostly were little tiny chicken sized lizards uh, rather than, um, you know, giant thunder lizards. Yeah. And of course, we all know they had feathers. So <laughs> somebody time traveled. It's just chickens. They're just digging up a bunch of chickens. Yeah, I want to see that time travel movie, you know. They're going back in time to the <laughs> dinosaur age, and then they step out and little little chicken lizards running around. Yeah, the Jurassic Park is actually a petting zoo. <laughs> uh, this next one is very, very, very interesting. Space Pope Reptilian. Oh so interesting. Yeah, this is AmericaMagazine.org. 
Why is Darth Vader in the Vatican's nativity scene? Did you hear about this, Basil? <laughs> no? no? Oh, my goodness. Why is Darth Vader <laughs> there? <laughs> the Vatican unveiled its official nativity scene in St. Peter's Square on Friday evening, surprising some with its depiction of an astronaut and another figure wearing a Darth Vader-esque helmet coming to adore the Christ child. This is at the na- the at the Vatican. <laughs> yes, the, the official nativity. Yeah, this scene. is serious stuff, man. The oh nativity set was made between 1965 and 75 as part of the 54 statue collection created by students. Blah blah blah. Uh, contemporary cultural figures like this year's astronaut have been uh, have often been included in the uh, Vatican's nativity scenes which have been displayed in St. Peter's Square each year since 1982. This is not the first time one has raised eyebrows in 2017. A set included a nude male figure meant to represent clothing the naked, a work of mercy. Because of the terracotta figure's sculpted muscles and glazed finish, some compared it to a Ken doll. Uh, (laughs) Art historian Elizabeth Lev has lived in Rome for more than 20 years. She said that there is a tradition in Italy of rushing to see new work of art and giving an opinion on it, as happened on Twitter yesterday. For her part, Miss Lev tweeted a photo of the astronaut and Darth Vader character with the caption. So the ga- the Vatican precip- uh, precept precept has been unveiled. Yeah, Turns out 2020 could get worse. Precept is the Italian <laughs> term for a nativity scene, and it comes from the Latin word for manger. And uh, the picture there is is very interesting. I will say, um, let me get a closer look. I think there's another. Yeah, so this is uh, I'm gonna hold on. So this is designed by children. Is that what I'm getting? I see a chicken there as an homage to the dinosaurs. dinosaur chickens. Um, here, let me get to. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, it's blah 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 blah. You know what? I didn't. And I have a highlighted section here. This is a quote from the lady. The problem is, there's a universal outpouring of mockery. They're making fun of the Holy Family. People are vying with each other to come up with a, with a funnier name, Miss Lev said, admitting she also had made jokes about the scene. Quote, the Catholic Church has an incredible tradition of beauty, and yet, after a year of difficulty, we've put up some something that makes people mock Jesus. And yeah, I would have to somewhat agree with that. And here's the, the really interesting thing about this is that the well yes it's creepy it's got the the strange thing going on there but um there's part of it that reminds me of the jaw you know about the 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 jaw you don't know about the jaw okay remind me okay the jaw oh my gosh my browser is frozen that's not good Uh uh-oh hello browser here we go i'm sorry not the jaw the jed the jed D-J-E-D. Okay, come on, computer. There you go. The Jed is uh, an ancient Egyptian pillar. It's, uh, it's a symbol commonly found in the Egyptian religions. It's uh, associated with the creator god Ptah and Osiris, the Egyptian god of the afterlife, the underworld, and the dead. It is commonly understood to represent his spine. And the if you look at the jed it looks like a lightsaber like literally looks exactly like a lightsaber Hmm, and the what is going on how come my browser is not working clicking clicking this is no good uh if you look at one of the images that 
has the depiction of it. Oh yeah. It looks like the hilt of a lightsaber. Right. But if you, I mean the whole thing, yeah, okay. the handle and the whole deal. So just kind of interesting, something to think about, you know, because, uh, well, that makes sense. I mean, George Lucas famously, uh, based the Jedi, uh, religion on a bunch of Eastern, um, things. So that would make sense that it's sort of main symbol would be derivative of that. Comment. Right. Right. And, and the fact that it's uh, part of the nativity scene is sort of a, a mocking of Jesus. It's kind of interesting. Right. And uh, is the astronaut supposed to be Jesus? Who is this astronaut supposed I, to be? You know, I don't, I don't know. I'm just looking at this thing. going. It doesn't, I'm trying to find the connection, like the, the reference to a classic nativity scene. And I just don't see it. Like if I saw this out in the wild, I wouldn't be like, Oh, it's a nat- It's a weird nativity scene. <laughs> you wouldn't necessarily think star Wars. Well, I might think Star Wars, but I would not make the connection to nativity <laughs> in these pictures. I'm not seeing like a baby Jesus or anything. Yeah, it's yeah, I don't know. It's like a bunch of it's a bunch of farm animals and an astronaut. Yeah, I, I, well, I th- there's one here. This is there's another picture that shows more of the Jed and then it, th- there's a child in that one. So I think oh, that's okay. kind of and they're wrapped up and they have the little spiral thing. But anyway, all right. Well, they just keep getting yeah, kind of weird and suspicious to say the least. Yeah, okay. Um, and yeah, just, just to connect linguistically to the Jed is uh, this story here real briefly. Bloomberg blast at Saudi port hits oil tanker as Red Sea attacks mount uh, fuel ship targeted in terrorist attack says Saudi officials incident comes as tension between Saudi Arabia and Iran rises, this will come, uh, you know, be more important as we talk about the cyber thing. The ship uh, was hit by an explosion at the Saudi Arabian port of Jeddah as attacks oh. in the Red Sea mount. So I don't know. There's just some weird things going on there with all the. Yeah, I mean that's a big deal. You don't want your oil tankers to be crashing into yeah, each other. Yeah, definitely not. And then uh, just got one quick thing here. As um, uh, is a sort of uh, this is deep. This is deep type of situation, and that is oh my gosh, what is up with the browser? I'm sorry, everybody. I keep complaining about the browser, but it's because I'm clicking on tabs and nothing is happening. It's a it's a really <laughs> a really bad situation. You got something running, something uh, intense. You have like a some Java running somewhere, I don't know. slowing you I down. No, but this is a you hmm. had one job on Twitter. Have you seen this picture? She has escaped. And those of you, those of you watching on screen, can take a look at the uh, at the the, oh, the Mona, Mona Lisa, Lisa has escaped, and uh, <laughs> I, this you know a part of this is a, it's obviously a joke, but at the same time it sort of speaks to this idea of uh, you know these ideas and concepts of the the meta or like art becoming yeah reality. art becoming yeah coming into reality or whatever other types of uh conceptual things that are out there walking into our three-dimensional or four-dimensional reality and ah, some interesting sort of uh uh occult ideas that uh you know uh, as imagined can be manifested yes yeah, yeah. Ooh. so there you go those are my updates okay. i very good updates. seem to be having some connection good. issues Yes, there's lots of... Oh, you sound good to me. I don't know about connection issues. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, well, let's keep moving here. Well, should I get into some cyber let's war? Let's do it here. Cyber weapons have already gone on the offensive. That's right. They've already gone on the offensive, folks, and there's a lot of cyber war news brewing. Well, a lot of war news brewing, but uh, let's start off with some of this. This is from thenews.com.pk. What's PK? Pakistan. Is supposed to be Pakistan? Mm-hmm. Huh. EU disinfo lab exposed India's cyber war. Pakistan. Pakistan on Thursday, while strongly condemning India's reprehensible tactics, said the publication of a report by EU Disinfo Lab only substantiated Pakistan's position in front of the international community. Foreign Office spokesperson Zahid Hafiz Shadri at a weekly press briefing here at Ministry of Foreign Affairs, said India's attempts to malign Pakistan had once again been exposed as the report revealed a vast network of fake media outlets, think tanks and NGOs serving India interests, Indian interests. The EU Disinfo Lab recently issued its latest report titled Indian Chronicles, subsequent investigation deep dive into a 15-year operation targeting the EU and UN to serve Indian interests. The report is a follow-up of the Disinfo Lab's 2019 report titled Influencing Policymakers with Fake Media Outlets, an Investigation into Pro-Indian Influence Network. The spokesperson mentioned that the report had previously uncovered the Indian propaganda body carrying out anti-Pakistan activities and cyber warfare against Pakistan led by the Srivastava Stava Group of India and propagated by the Indian news agency ANI since 2015. Quote, India not only spread disinformation, but abused international institutions in its desire to malign Pakistan, he said. Shadri said the Indian actors carrying out the latest malicious operations resurrected more than 10 defunct Human Rights Council accredited NGOs registered with the names of deceased analysts and experts. Also, India created hundreds of fake journalists' identities, uh, generated more than 750 media outlets, and registered more than 550 fake fake domain names. What is a fake domain name? (laughs) I don't know. There's no such thing as a fake domain name. It's just a domain name. Um, He added, the Indian news agency ANI repackaged and amplified the malicious content produced in Brussels and Geneva. He said, quote, the government of Pakistan views these mischievous activities of launching unsubstantiated propaganda as part of India's preoccupation with maligning Pakistan, he said. Chaudhry said Pakistan had already put up, uh, put forth irrefutable evidence extensively documenting India's active planning, promoting, aiding, abetting, financing, and executing terrorist activities in Pakistan. He urged India to, quote, eschew the use of false propaganda as an instrument of state policy. <laughs> Why would, why? Everybody does it. I know. Such Indian ploys of spreading misinformation are doomed to fail, he added. Uh, apparently not. The spokesperson said by spreading such falsehoods, India could neither cast a sh- or could uh, neither cast a shadow on the international stature of Pakistan 
nor can divert the attention of the international community away from India's horrendous human rights record. Quote, instead of wasting more time in peddling falsehoods and fake news, India would be well advised to put its house in order, he said. The spokesperson said Pakistan strongly condemned the arrests of Muslim youths in India under the newly promulgated discriminatory and inhuman law, which penalizes members of religious minorities to marry as per their own free will. Huh. Quote, this law is further manifestation of the mindset of Hindu supremacist RSS BJP regime, which takes pride in degrading and humiliating minorities, particularly Muslims in India, he said. He added that Pakistan called upon the international community to take note of such steps by the RSS BJP regime, which were fueled by its hatred of the minority communities. He said rather than giving giving in to the fantasy-driven love jihad allegations of its fanatic cadres, the current regime should ensure protection of fundamental human rights of all of its citizens irrespective of their religious affiliations and uh, the article goes on i don't know if you saw something that no uh, i didn't you actually didn't even intend you on. to read the whole thing here i, I wanted to well it's it's interesting because uh you know as we move into the state of the world in which we are in uh you know the united states and trump are not the only ones uh sort of being accused of creating fake news. Um, India, uh, uh, what's his name? Modi. 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 Yes. He's kind of considered the Indian uh, Trump. At least that's the, the sort of connections that the American mainstream likes to draw. Uh, and so it's interesting how, well, first of all, India is, uh, has a lot of conflict with a lot of their neighbors, Pakistan being one big one. And as we'll hear later, uh, China as well. Um, so, you know, it's not really that surprising, um, to hear that, you know, perhaps they have been running such a large disinfo campaign, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, the, the NGO, the non-governmental organizations, these sort of, uh, uh, you know, nonprofits that, uh, will work in various industries of charity or uh, negotiations or relief or humanitarianism or whatever. Um, you know, famously, the White Helmets being a pretty suspect NGO uh, in the past couple of years, uh, taking part in the Arab Spring and playing a big role in the, I believe, the Syrian conflicts and things like that. Um, these sort of fake or not as described NGOs seems to be a pretty big uh, operating like, uh, um, I don't know. I don't know what to call it, tactic or uh, something (laughs) in the Middle East slash Asia there. Um, So, I don't know. I just thought it was very interesting. The information warfare uh, going international like this uh, to help out with the sort of international relations of not just the U.S. and its many friends and uh, non-friends, but India having similar problems. Yeah, and India has that uh, ADAR system, the the biometric identification system that they implemented a couple of years ago. Right, and they also mm-hmm. uh, they basically got rid of cash in the process, 
Yeah, and right. So there's a lot of things they're doing that's kind of troubling just to begin with, but it's interesting how they're they're uh, trying to you know, take out or at least uh, confuse the people in the EU and the UN as sort of a yeah, see it's it's kind of hard. You can't it's hard to take sides with anybody with this type of thing because everybody's doing something that's yeah. not cool and then the disinfo is kind of on the surface like hey, they're just trying to protect their own sort of way of life or change their way of life or something. But then when it comes to propaganda, uh, it's all fake. You know, you're putting out fake information to misdirect sentiments towards India or Pakistan or whoever. It just, it's a very confusing matter. And that, that's sort of the big theme here with um, the cyber warfare in general. It's very confusing Mm -hmm. because misinformation and misdirection is like the primary method and so people yeah. will run with a headline or a story or whatever, but that itself can be, you know, misdirection of a misdirection or, you know, yeah, so. well, it's, it, yeah. Cause it's interesting. You know, they're talking about, they had uh what over 750 quote unquote fake media right. outlets. And it's one of those things where if you put out a story, you know, if one weird media outlet has something, you don't really think about it, but if it's showing up everywhere across 750 media outlets, (laughs) uh, people sort of automatically take it as true, which of course is something that we deal with over here in the U S and, um, just a breeze. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was going to go to the next one here, but I only have the headline. I I don't, I can't get in because I, I have a, you got to subscribe. Yeah, that's okay. I think just headlines will get us through the next couple okay. things. Yeah, here. so this is the telegraph.co.uk. Britain's new cyber hacker cell limbers up as gloves come off in global cyber war. And right. uh, what's the sub subheading there? Do you have that there? The UK's new national cyber yeah. force could be used to launch hacking campaigns against other countries. Uh, the thing, the pop-up came up, so I can't finish reading it, but yeah, basically. Yeah. So basically what it is, they have uh, their new cyber. They basically have a cyber war department. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's technically a division of the military. It might yeah. be, I don't know. I need to look into it further. Um, but yeah, so they're gearing up to go full cyber war as well, which, um, which is of course they've already that's what I was been gonna doing, say, yeah. but to have it come out as like a publicly, uh announced thing is pretty that, big deal. that's another talking point or an angle with all of this is that the cyber warfare has been fairly covert between nations and mostly between nations right but now now that it's becoming public the only reason why it's becoming public is number one it's it's happening more rapidly and and more intensely and it's really affecting you know, infrastructure more, but also you need the political support of people to enact certain offensive things. And so uh, to make it public, to create these uh, institutions, or at least a a cyber hacker cell or whatever it is, uh, is to garner public support for defense with any nation. Well, and, and that's the interesting thing with this disinformation warfare and a lot of cyber warfare in general is normally, according to international laws and agreements, you know, warfare is military versus military. Right. You know, civilians are not supposed to be brought in this into war for the most part. Uh, they're not supposed to, although, of course, they do. Um, but with disinfo and cyber warfare, oftentimes 
civilian public and often the civilian public of your own country right. are the are specifically the targets of your cyber warfare. Um, so, you know, it's kind of this new uh, not new that it hasn't happened before, but now that it's coming public, you know, people aren't really realizing that this is not necessarily something the public should get behind it just on philosophical terms without laying down some ground rules, because uh, when a country is carrying out disinfo or cyber warfare, it's usually directly targeting civilians of their own country right. or uh, a neighboring country or, or, or an enemy country yeah. adversary. Yeah. yeah. And do. it's really fascinating that, to tie it to scripture, you know, Matthew 13, seven, or I'm sorry, Matthew 24, six and Mark 13, seven, it talks about Jesus uh, mentioning wars and rumors of wars. And people have talked about, Oh yeah, that's been going on forever. True. Yeah. But when you talk about cyber warfare, the idea of rumors yeah. of wars is like it's so applicable. It's like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> I know. Jesus knows. Well, that's the crazy thing. I always kind of thought of, you know, when you th- hear that verse, you're like, wars, ooh, bad. Rumors of wars. Uh, I guess bad, but I mean, there's <laughs> just, just rumors. rumors. Yeah, it's not, not, as, not, a big not deal. as bad as actual yeah. war, but um, yeah, when you, I mean, a very apt uh, connection to make where, yeah, rumors of wars is actually pretty devastating when you think about it on a full scale disinfo warfare uh, type of operation. Right. Um, so yeah, for the first time, you know, that, that every piece of that verse does seem uh much more um applicable uh, vital yeah and applicable um now uh i think it was last episode of the episode before i gave a little rundown of uh an old interesting cyber warfare uh, story stuxnet um and this kind of connects to Stuxnet. So I just wanted to mention it. Zerohedge.com. Massive cyber attack on 40 Israeli firms believed to be Iran's revenge for assassination. Mm. Ooh. Uh, just to read a couple things here. Uh, Iran has repeatedly vowed revenge against those behind assassination of its top nuclear scientist, Mohsen Fakhrizadeh. Oh, you said a bad uh, word. <laughs> Outside Tehran on November 27th, Tehran has blamed Israel for carrying out the high-tech hit, which appears to have involved one or more remote guns activated c- via satellite targeting, uh, which was a crazy story. Yeah, it was like a car-mounted remote-controlled yeah. machine gun that took out this nuclear scientist. And Iran's nuclear uh, program famously being targeted by CIA cyber warfare uh named Stuxnet and um, Israel being blamed for this assassination of an Iranian nuclear scientist does show an interesting connection, which doesn't shouldn't surprise anybody, but uh, some (sighs) interoperations between Israeli and U.S. uh, intelligence agencies uh, continuing to try to keep Iran uh, from developing nuclear power yeah. and nuclear weapons. On that point, I was uh, I was dabbling in some Ben Shapiro, uh, oh and boy. I was listening the old fast the talker. old fast talker, and 
I was listening to him report on this story about the Iranian nuclear physicist guy who's trying to develop, you know, nuclear weapons for Iran and he was killed and all that. And mm-hmm. the way he justified it, I was like, whoa, whoa, man. I, I mean, I wish I had a clip of it, but he was just basically like, if it's the death of a guy who blah, 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 you know, if it, it's okay to kill him. Basically, it was like, whoa, dude, it's sure. <laughs> crazy. And uh, yeah. I know he's, he's, uh, you know, he's a Jewish descent, so he's, uh, you know, very much uh, 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 part of the yeah, Israeli right. side of things. And he's not shy about it. He's not mm-hmm. hiding it or anything. So it's, you know, it's, it's not surprising sure. that it's coming from him, but it's just the way he framed it was like, oh yeah, just of course, kill him, kill him, kill the guy. We don't want nuclear war. Yeah. You know, we don't want Iran to have nuclear weapons. He should, he should die. It was like, whoa, yeah. man. And it's, <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Yeah. It's the modern. And it's very interesting because, of course, you know, Iran having any nuclear capabilities is of note for the surrounding region. Um, But, of course, Iran puts it in the context of, you know, they're just they they want nuclear energy (laughs) uh, for their energy uh, economy and things like that to help them move into, you know, the next stage of 21st century life. Um, but of course, we know that nuclear weapons are uh, come alongside that. So, yeah. and that certainly would concern uh, Israel uh, as far as their relationship. So, there you go. And that's kind of connected to the Stuxnet rundown that I gave in the past couple episodes. So, cyber war really cranking up uh, lately. And it's not just the Middle East, you know, just to go back to India. Uh, having issues with Pakistan. They're having issues all over the place. Uh, Producer Charlie sent us a story, which I'm not going to read through the whole thing, but wanted to mention um, the China-India border has always been contentious and has been ramping up lately. This was from about a month ago, but uh, over here on metro.co.uk, headline, China cooked Indian soldiers alive with secret microwave pulse weapon. Talking about directed energy weapons here is no longer just the realm of fringy conspiracy theories. Uh, just a brief uh, rundown. Chinese soldiers managed to repel a band of Indian troops during a border standoff in the Himalayas by turning the occupied hilltops into a microwave oven, a scientist in Beijing has claimed. And there you go. I don't need to read through the whole thing, but they've got these uh, mobile microwave uh, directed energy weapons, and you don't hear about them being used very often in conflicts around the world but it seemed that this chinese soldier uh scientist was very proud of the fact that they were able to pull this off yeah and uh if you look at matthew 24 if you go to that next verse there that we were talking about verse 7 um it's basically nation will rise against nation kingdom against kingdom there will be famines and earthquakes in various places and again it's one of those situations where you brought up the yeah, you know, the energy weapons here and all that. But mm-hmm. if they have the ability for secret microwave pulse weapons, what kind of uh, weather warfare is going on as well? You know, with, with the same type of yeah. at scale, larger scale, the harp type stuff, the, yeah. the famines that are created, the earthquakes that are created. It's just, again, it's weird how in our, you know, 2020, moving into 2021, we read a verse from over 2,000 years ago, and we're like, yep, totally. 
like way more applicable now in like such an interesting way than it was even back then when Jesus said it. And he was talking about the end times. So there you go. We seem to be uh, yeah. approaching those times quickly, but yeah. And noted here in the article, the times reports this incident potentially being the first use of microwave weapons against hostile troops following their earlier use to destroy electronics and missile guidance systems or harm humans. <laughs> the um, first so, yeah, time, first, except not the uh, first time at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there might've been testing or knowing China, they might've been using it on uh, some, some of their minority populations or something. Um, but yeah, first military use of these microwave weapons, a, l- a little bit concerning. Yep. And this uh, brings us into one of the main stories for the day. Welcome to Chinese This is the NewYorkPost.com. U.S. companies riddled with members of Chinese Communist Party, Divine mm. or Divine. I don't know. As we try to come to terms with the extent of Chinese influence over the Biden family, a leaked database of registered members of the Chinese Communist Party has exposed a mass infiltration of American companies with serious national security implications. Boeing, Qualcomm, and Pfizer are just three U.S. companies that have employed dozens of CCP members in their Chinese facilities, the database reveals. As well, three female employees of the U.S. consulate in Shanghai have been identified in the list of 1.95 million party members that was leaked in an international group of legislators, the Interparliamentary Alliance of China, which includes Senator Marco Rubio and Bob Menendez. All CCP members swear an oath to, quote, fight for communism throughout my life, be ready at all times to sacrifice uh, sacrifice my all for the party and the people, and never betray the party and guard party secrets. Be loyal to the party. Senator Josh Howley, a member of the Homeland Security Committee, said yesterday, quote, CCP agents have no place in U.S. government facilities, and this report should serve as a much-needed wake-up call to Washington, D.C. and corporate executives who continue to welcome the Chinese government with open arms. A continued quote here, it is just more evidence of the extent to which the CCP has successfully infiltrated American companies and government. While none of the people listed on the database have been identified as spies, mounting concerns in the State Department about the CCP have resulted in tightening visa rules for its members earlier this month. CCP members and their immediate families now are limited to one-month single-entry U.S. permits. The database was verified by international cybersecurity for, uh, firm Internet 2.0, which found it was originally leaked on encrypted messaging app Telegram in 2016. It was passed on to IPAC six weeks ago by a third party. Quote, we have high confidence this list is authentic. Internet 2.0 co-founder David Robinson, a former Australian Army intelligence officer, told me Sunday. Quote, someone, an insider, a dissident, managed to get physical access to the server in Shanghai from outside the building. They didn't have to hack it over the Internet. Each data entry contained the CCP member's name, ethnicity, place of birth, education level, identification number, and in some cases, the phone number and address. Robinson has verified the identity of three women who work at the U.S. consulate in Shanghai. The three listed, uh, the three all listed as ethnic Han college graduates are registered in a 31-strong Communist Party branch listed as Shanghai Foreign Institute Service Company, which is a state-owned employment agency, which 
uh, provides local staff for foreign consulate schools and news media. A department spokesperson yesterday had no comment about, quote, an alleged leaked database of Communist Party members and said, quote, the, the department does not discuss security protocols to personnel matters. However, she said, quote, influence and interference operations are fundamental to how the Chinese Communist Party engages with the world. China's role in the world today cannot be understood without reference to the wide array of malign activities that the CCP undertakes to influence our societies in ways that are covert, coercive, and corrupting. The CCC, uh, CCP database is split into 79,000 branches. For example, Boeing has 17 branches, totaling 252 CCP members. 16 members are part of Boeing's Hongqiao Maintenance Base uh, Boeing Line Maintenance Division, First Workshop Party Branch. 22 are in the Second wor Workshop Party Branch. 13 are in the Third Workshop Party Branch. 14 in the Fourth Workshop Party Branch. There are four subdivisions of the Pudong Maintenance Base Boeing Line Maintenance Branch, totaling 49 members. Two branches of the Pudong Maintenance Base Boeing Line Maintenance Branch Cargo Aircraft Line Maintenance total, 33 members. Also listed are 27 Ooh. members of the party branch of Boeing, fourth blah, blah, blah. There's a few other things here. Boeing spokesman Bradley yeah. Akuburio said last night the company was satisfied with its security. Quote, as a global company, we, uh, we, enforced, uh, we enforce strict security protocols and maintain secure firewalls to protect both our customer and company proprietary data in all countries we operate in. According to the database, 96 members of the Qualcomm Wireless Communication Technology China Company LTD party branch uh, and 133 sign of a side mm. thing. Additional members spread over six party branches of Qualcomm Enterprise Management Shanghai work for semiconductor manufacturer and 5G wireless technology company Qualcomm, a US-based multinational. Qualcomm was awarded a contract by the Department of Defense in 2018 to develop multi-factor authentication security systems for U.S. military computers. Another U.S. company crucial to national security is pharmaceutical giant Pfizer, which began rolling out COVID-19 vaccines Sunday. The database lists 69 CCP members in four Pfizer branches in Shanghai. Neither Qualcomm nor Pfizer responded to inquiries yesterday. Uh, New York University also appears with 71 members attached to a branch named East China Normal University, Shanghai, New York University <gasps> facility and labor party oh, branch. Slow down there, yeah, buddy. I'm, it's I'm, important. I'm stuff. just learning from the best, which is Ben Shapiro. I'm learning how to talk fast. Oh, God. The database leak comes just days after a number of disturbing revelations involving CCP infiltration of American institutions. Uh, bullet points here. Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe warned that China has targeted members of Congress and poses, quote, the greatest threat to democracy and freedom since World War II. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo warned of China's infiltration of U.S. universities, which are hooked on communist cash and stifle criticism of Beijing. Media reports identified Representative Eric Swalwell a member of House Intelligence Committee as one of several San Francisco politicians courted by Chinese spy Christine Fang, the Fang Fang. Uh, it was confirmed last week that Joe Biden's son Hunter is under federal investigation over tax fraud and potential money laundering over his foreign business dealings, including in China. Quote, communism China or communist China has been allowed to infiltrate our universities and corporations with people loyal to only the Communist Party. Uh, former acting director of national intelligence, Rick Gren uh, Grenwell, said Sunday, quote, our beloved Chinese American community has been warning us about these tactics for many years 
and the political class has ignored those warnings. So there you go. Uh, this was the big story yeah. that dropped with uh, the the you know the link to the actual document. Uh, did you download it, Basil? I know you don't like doing that. No, I didn't download it. Um, but a couple interesting things to note, just for people who might not have the foundational uh, information here. So the CCP, the Communist Party of China, is uh, when they talk about party members, they're talking about two million like actual party members, operatives, not just Chinese people. So that's important to keep in mind. And on this show, you know, usually when we're talking about things related to China, we're specifically talking about the CCP, not Chinese people as an ethnicity. Which by the way, just, just as context here, I believe I saw a report and I could be wrong about the exact number, but there's about 1.4 billion Chinese citizens that live in China. Yeah. And about 90 million of them are basically the, the CCP. So right. one third, like the, the amount that would uh, sum up to close to one third of uh, maybe one fourth, maybe of American no, no, citizens. No. It's about a te- less than no, a no, no, no. I'm talking about compared to America, compared to the American population. Oh, oh, right, right. It, it's as mm-hmm. if, you know, one fourth or one third of the American population. So that's a lot of people, 90 million. And so this is, yeah. you know, almost 2 million individuals that have been infiltrating all sorts of companies. And so this is not like just a small group of people doing it. These are, this is a big operation. It's not. Yeah. It's a full sort of the tentacles of the CCP. Uh, And that's uh, 2 million. And that was in 2016. So, you know, of course things can change since 2016 grow probably. Um, considering now I'm going to jump over to this article from American military news.com, which is a military, uh, focused outlet that we like to look at once in a while. And they break down the numbers a little bit more. Uh, the Australian was the news outlet in Australia, uh, that broke the story originally. So it says the Australian described more than 7,000 CCP members identified in just seven major global companies. Uh, you mentioned some of them, but just to go through them again, Volkswagen 5,700, in Boeing, there's 287. AstraZeneca mm. had 54. Pfizer had 69. Qualcomm had 229. Hewlett Packard, 390. HSBC, 345. Goes on to describe, and it repeats a couple things you said here, but it was uh, worth mentioning. Boeing and Qualcomm are just two companies identified with the U.S. Mil- with U.S. military contracts. Aerospace giant Boeing has billions of dollars worth of contracts with the U.S. military, while Qualcomm manufactures computer chips and other hardware for the U.S. Department of Defense's IT systems. And more than, of course, AstraZeneca and Pfizer are two major pharmaceutical companies that have been involved in the COVID-19 vaccine um, and development. So really, when you think about the CCP's reach throughout the world, first of all, as Americans here, it's concerning that, uh, you know, <laughs> they're building our planes and building our IT software for the uh, not software, IT hardware for the U.S. Department of Defense. And then, of course, 
even probably more importantly, uh, AstraZeneca and Pfizer. And it goes on to describe, uh, it's interesting how they keep mentioning that none of these uh, CCP members have been identified as spies. So basically what they're saying in this case is that they're, they have their names on a list, but they haven't gathered, uh, you know, they haven't seen or identified these people as passing on any information, which is almost not even worth mentioning, considering that this information was only passed on three weeks ago. So, of course, you know, if any of these uh, CCP members are spying, which of course they are, uh, you know, they've had some time to to hide their tracks even better than I'm sure they already were. But yeah, this is very concerning. And I, you know, I still run into some people who don't really understand uh, the China issue. And it's not just some sort of like American patriotic outrage. This is legitimate international intel that the Chinese government has party members, not just citizens, not just Chinese citizens, CCP party members uh, actively in roles pretty much in the biggest companies in the world. There was some talk about some, um, well, of course, the, the Fang Fang story, the the honeypot uh, that has gotten some U.S. politicians in trouble, not just Swalwell. There is actually a nice handful of them. Um, but, you know, this is uh, this is not just a, oh, China's our enemy thing. This is no China has had a very methodical and effective campaign to infiltrate the biggest institutions in the world. Yeah. And part of the issue is these American corporations allowing it to happen. And that, that's kind of the big yeah. betrayal here. It's not just the blame China. It's also blame the Americans that were naive to what was going on and allowed it to happen uh, to the point where it is now. It's almost like too little too late at this point. Yeah. I think it's pretty generous calling them. Naive, right. But yes. yeah, yeah it is, I am being generous, but that's <laughs> uh, of course uh, it, it ramped up with more, personal interests with certain politicians over the years. I'm sure it uh, became even more enticing for some of those that would sell us out to China. Um, But Mm -hmm. you know, again, this is actually when you start looking into this topic of how closely tied China is to us uh, political figures, especially it becomes very Mm -hmm. interesting because um, there was one point uh, code monkeys on Twitter who is a, he, he used to be the admin or one of the head guys uh, running 8chan. Uh, but I think he stopped now. He, he stepped down from that role. And he's been doing a lot of things with the election fraud stuff. And he basically started sort of uh, putting together lists of politicians that in China, like China would openly report on like, hey, we hung out with, uh, you know, these governors or whatever. And, and so um, here's a thread from a few days ago that I'm showing on the screen. And uh, it was on December 7th. Google's now banning this article from showing up in search. Uh, and, and it's basically a Chinese article. Okay. This is a Chinese article. I translated it uh, a few pieces of it just to, you know, get it out there. But basically uh, this says 
Lee Queen Min, Council General of the People's Republic of China in Houston, paid a courtesy call on Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia. Thank you for your contribution to Georgia. So there's and then there's like pictures of this CCP guy and, and the and Brian oh, Kemp interesting. shaking hands and you know exchanging gifts or whatever. And uh, yeah. so it's like right out in the open, but the U.S. isn't going to necessarily report on this type of thing in the way in in the correct context. Maybe maybe they'll report it. I I didn't hear anything about yeah. any of this stuff. But in China, they're like super open about it. You know, it's almost like, <laughs> hey, look at us, totally getting in yeah. there. Look look at another guy that we uh, have in our pocket, basically. And well, and the interesting thing is, and this is pretty well known at this point, has uh, been sort of analyzed over a few months. We've mentioned it before, but just to remind people, uh, the CCP's strategy for the most part in the United States has been mostly connected to local governments and small time yes, politicians, yes. specifically helping them rise through the ranks. So they won't go like directly for a U.S. senator. What they'll do is they'll start with a state senator or um, a mayor or two or state legislatures of some kind, and they'll get in pretty tight with these small timers and then participate in their fundraising, spend a, you know, take them on little trips and uh, basically wine and dine them uh, to create positive positive (laughs) yes like feng feng positive affiliations with uh, you know Chinese interests at a smaller level a a very small level uh, but then help those politicians you know gain uh, higher office and things like that so it's really a a very patient and methodical plan that they've been pulling off for at least a decade or two. And it's very fascinating because it's very similar to you talk about the new world order and the Illuminati and the generational plans and all this kind of stuff. It's similar. You know, it's like, we, it's yeah. not going to take a year. It's going to take yeah. 20, and 30 f- years and we're going to keep at right. it. And, uh, and famously the CCP, you know, they have their, their, uh, 1000 year plan, right? You know, they, <laughs> right. they make plans a thousand years out, yeah. which sounds hyperbolic, but at the rate at which they've uh, pulled off, you know, what they've been pulling off, they really have been thinking about this for a long well, so time. So did Hitler. He had his millennium plan. That's true. Um, what was I going to mention? Oh, Oh, you know what this does kind of, is kind of a little bit of a worrying concept is this is a similar situation that led to the Japanese internment camps in the United States. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, it, it's, it's possible. I mean, yeah. if there's, especially if, if Trump, you know, sounds like something would Trump would pull off, you know, sounds like a patriotic thing to do. Sure. You can't, I, it would be, you can't trust any of these CCP members. So, you know, I, I live, my parents, actually, my parents live next to, uh, uh, some Chinese people and, um, mm-hmm. they seem fairly wealthy with uh, the way they flaunt their wealth. So mm-hmm. maybe I can go, I can be an infiltrator to my neighbor, start asking questions. Oh. Go get that CCP paycheck, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or the, the U S paycheck that, yeah. You know, or I'll get, uh, taken out. Yeah. Either way. Either way, it'll give the CIA a real reason to get in contact with you. See, I'm starting to get all suspicious because, uh, you know, there's a little back, back, uh, uh, basketball court in the backyard of my parents' house. 
So I shoot my uh-huh. ball back there, and sometimes it goes over the fence and, and goes in their pool. And they, they throw it back, you know? But then they have a kid that plays golf, and we have like, mm-hmm. you know, my parents have, I don't know, 30, 40 golf balls in our backyard. And, uh, you know, they always come, come wanting to get their golf balls back. And I'm more suspicious, yeah. you know, like, what, what are you doing here? What are you, what are you looking for, huh? Are you, are you spying on uh, anti-CCP? Guns. That's racist. You can't do that. I'm allowed to. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm pushing it. I'm pushing okay. it. Let's see. Um, what do we have next here? Oh, oh another uh, big, big story. Are you ready yes, to move on? Yes. Well, it's, I think it's okay. connected, but... Uh, it is all connected here. Where it's Cyber Week here. Um, this is coming from... That's right. More cyber warfare. Newsweek.com. Alleged Russian solar winds hack probably an 11 on scale of 1 to 10. Cybersecurity expert warrants. This was pretty big news recently as well. Uh, mainly yesterday. Today, yeah. Yeah. Cybersecurity expert warned that the alleged Russian hack of solar winds. Yeah, right. Notice that every time they say Russian, they're going to say alleged Russian. We'll get into that. A cybersecurity expert warned that the alleged Russian hack. (laughs) Keep in mind, it's allegedly Russian, not allegedly. No, the hack is real, but who did it is allegedly Russian. (laughs) <laughs> right. Cybersecurity expert warned that the alleged Russian hack of SolarWinds software, which affected top government agencies, is probably an 11 in terms of seriousness on a scale of 1 to 10. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security warned on Sunday that users of SolarWinds should disconnect or disable the software. After it was discovered, hackers had compromised an update from the company earlier this year. Unidentified sources told Reuters and the Associated Press that Russian hackers were believed to be behind the cyber attack, which (laughs) unidentified sources. Great. Good journalism. (laughs) Unidentified sources. Not even not even an anonymous source. It's not anonymous. anonymous, It's unidentified. Not for for sake of safety, not uh, asked to be kept uh, their their uh, identity to be kept secret. They're unidentified (laughs) sources. Told Reuters and the Associated Press that Russian hackers were believed to be behind the cyber attack, which hit federal government agencies and many of the nation's top companies. (sighs) Continuing on. It's it's like, why do we even bother with the Russian thing when it's so obvious that the the China is pulling off some pretty grand scale things? Retaliation. Unidentified source. Here, I'm an unidentified source. It was China. Um, quote, wrong anonymous it's been source. Said on, yeah, it's been, uh, quote, it's been said on a scale of one to 10. This is probably an 11 for the type of attack, the magnitude and the potential damage it's done. Cybersecurity analyst Mark Wright, the chief security advisor at California based cybersecurity startup Sentinel One, told Fox News on Monday morning, quote, from not from an infrastructure standpoint, like going after the energy grid or taking things down, but simply from the loss of information, the stealing of secrets, especially very sensitive information and the fact that this was going on for months quote we have yet to even understand how big the damage assessment will be but i guarantee you by the time it's done it will be far worse than what we think it is right now because we still haven't uncovered all of the people who have been attacked by this campaign 
Randy Watkins, the chief technology officer of Texas-based cybersecurity firm Critical Start, said in an email to Newsweek that the goals of hackers can be financial as well as theft and data destruction. Quote, the primary motivation for cyber attacks are monetary theft and destruction. While many news cycles have covered the more consumer-facing monetary impacts of ransomware, campaigns for the theft and destruction of data are still being heavily waged, Watkins said. The cybersecurity expert added the incoming administration of President-elect Joe Biden, quote, will have to recognize the growing threat of cyber attacks from prominent world powers and terrorist nations alike. Mm. What are terrorist nations? Is that just nations where terrorists Iran. are? Uh, the new hack. I don't think a nation can be a terrorist, but okay. Mm. The new hack Newsweek. has effect. <laughs> What? Newsweek. Newsweek. Yeah. yeah. The new hack has affected Treasury Department and Commerce Department emails. Ooh, emails. And SolarWinds software is used by many other federal agencies, including the Pentagon, the White House, and NASA. NASA. Reuters reported Monday that the Department of Homeland Security was impacted as well. SolarWinds' website says that more than 425 of the U.S. Fortune 500 companies use its software as well. My gosh, this by is the worse way, than CCP infiltration. By the way, that website, the, the page that tells you what, you know, what, who, who's all in, involved, gone. Uh-huh. It's gone. But luckily, is yes, it? they took it down. But... Yeah. Of course, archive.org saves it. So I have it Ah. here. And yes, it says more than 425 of the U.S. Fortune 500 companies are customers. All 10 of the top 10 U.S. telecommunications companies, all five branches of U.S. military, the U.S. Pentagon, State Department, NASA, NSA, Postal Service, NOAA, Department of Justice, and the Office of the President of the United States. All wow. five of the top five U.S. accounting firms, hundreds of universities and colleges worldwide, and they have a list here of companies. And my goodness, it's like the biggest companies, like all the big companies, AT&T, Ameritrade, yeah. CBS, Cisco. It's the foundation of the United federal, States economy. You know, the Federal all Reserve Bank. No, 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 oh, no worries here, folks. No, no worries. The Gates oh Foundation. Oh, gosh. Wow. Harvard University. The Gates fa- <laughs> that keeps going. Oh my gosh. It's everything. Kodak. This is this is everything. Lockheed Martin. Oh okay, boy. If good. That's just if what they're we using need. the same pro the the same software for the skunk works, they're gonna get uh-huh. all the secret, you know, the secret crafts that we have. Yeah. McDonald's. Yeah, this is brutal. Uh Nestle, New York Times. No surprise actually there, you know, really. Uh, but yeah, there, there's a lot more here. There's uh, it's Procter everything. and Gamble. I'm just trying to hit the big ones. Uh, Sprint, Smart City Networks, hmm. uh, Staples, the CDC, the, C- <laughs> the, the CDC. CDC, the Federal Reserve, the CDC, all five branches of the military, <laughs> all 10 telecommunications companies. It's everything. Visa, the DOD, Yahoo. The DOD. They they hacked the entire <laughs> the country. The entire country just got hacked. And oh my th- I mean, this is a huge deal, and I don't think people are realizing what this is, is going this on. This is almost a black swan event. It, I, it is. And you know the whole cyber yeah. winter or cyber pandemic or whatever? Th- this could be part the dark of it. dark winter. Or the, yeah. what is it? Uh, 
the dark, well, the dark winter. winter. Yeah. But there was a, also that sub thing with the cyber winter or cyber mm. pandemic mm-hmm. that uh, world, the world health, the I, cyber demo. Yeah. The yeah. world health organization came out and said, you're right. This is on the scale of what we are led to, what we are told is, you know, it's a COVID-19 level of cyberdemic. Yeah. And this, you could not get a bigger hack than this. Yeah. And actually my, uh, my lovely wife works for a, a medical supply company. And I asked her this morning, mm-hmm. I was like, did you hear about the solar winds thing? And she goes, well, what about solar winds? And I was like, do you guys use solar wind? And she said, At our of company, course they do. Oh, our company went off, like stopped using it uh, a oh, few years ago. Good. And she said, good, uh, good, good. but everybody uses it. And she's like, we, yeah. didn't, we didn't like them. So, you know, there you so yeah. I'm like, hey, good job. <laughs> our, our information is probably, or your, you know, her company's information is probably somewhat safe for now. But uh, yeah. yeah, this is a big hack uh by russia no, those russians really, those and uh, an unidentified source <laughs> says it's russians it's not no. russians it's, i'm calling it now it's the ccp yep. um i do want to mention we are running quite I low know. on live viewers oh, yeah. this 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 especially for a monday mondays are usually our our biggest live viewer days we're we're below 50 percent of what we would expect right now i do want to say uh blummy or bloomy over on youtube says huh i didn't know you guys were live even though i've checked the people i'm subscribed to multiple times i had to search for your channel to find out yeah so not only are notifications not going out but it's not even showing up in the subscriber list <laughs> so there you go we also got hit yeah, yeah. Solar Winds is not it a Chinese me. company, by the way. Just so that. Oh well, you wouldn't need to hack it if it was a Chinese company. Yeah. Uh, um, hold on. Let me yeah, keep going on article, this because yeah. it'll get, give more information. The new hack. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And we got so excited. In a Monday about update, I think it's it. yeah. Yes, in a Monday updates, that's today. Solar Winds suggested that thousands of clients had potentially been impacted by the vulnerability, which no kidding, which had arisen through an update in the spring. Quote, SolarWinds currently believes the actual number of customers that may have had an installation of the Orion products that contained this vulnerability to be fewer than 18,000. <laughs> like oh, good. The wording is fewer than 18,000. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's like saying, uh, it's like saying, you know, this this virus is going to affect less than 8 billion people. <laughs> Some PR person really made their daily yeah. bread with that <laughs> sentence contain this vulnerability don't worry it was fewer than eighteen thousand. um russia has denied any involvement in the cyber attack but moscow's efforts to interfere in government and private nah. systems around the world have been well documented and reported by u.s and allied intelligence agencies Thanks to china except for all the times it's been officially debunked <laughs> multiple times uh, it is typical for Russia f- <laughs> or other nations. <laughs> it is typical for Russia Ugh. or other nations to deny involvement in such attacks when they are accused. China and Iran have also recently been accused of carrying out cyber attacks 
uh, against the U.S. Okay, cool, great. Quote, I reject these statements, these accusations. Once again, Dmitry Peskov, a spokesperson for the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, said Monday, Russia's TASS news agency reported. Peskov added, quote, it is wrong to groundlessly blame Russians right away. <laughs> we have nothing to do with this. You know, it's... I have no reason to defend the Russians there in isn't, this, but, but it's, still, it's, there's no, but it just doesn't feel like the Russians. It really doesn't. <laughs> there could be some like Russians involved in, in supporting some of the, you know, the hack. Yeah, but well, there's Russians involved in everything. Sure, but yeah, to to blame Putin outright, you know, and and I like how they mention China and Iran have been. It's almost like. And, you know, your call, and I, I agree with you that this is actually China doing this, or at least, because, you know, I think this is a retaliation for our last story about the mm-hmm. leak, about the CCP members. Um, right. So, and it's yeah, ongoing. well, that's actually an interesting point. That's a good point, because the CCP list, when, what day did that actually break? The uh, CCP thing? Well, it's been kind of a slow yeah. drip with the, you know, Fang Fang. And then this story from the New York Times was published well, specifically the 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 two million. Yeah, members. that was published on the thirteenth, but I think it was the twelfth. Was yesterday? Yeah, I think it was like the twelfth or the eleventh when when stuff came out. So last Friday. Yeah. So I mean that that's an interesting timeline because the list of the, the I mean the, the list of CCP members being installed in. Uh, companies around the world is a pretty humongous deal. Yeah. And then two days later, an even humongous deal (laughs) goes down and it seems, I don't know. The timing is just very fishy. It is. How do you, how do you get uh, the news about 2 million uh, CCP members being installed around the world? Uh, out of the news cycle, well, you just do this, activate the solar winds hack. Yeah. Um, well, I guess it didn't activate it. Then it's been going on. It's since been going spring, on, but, but they released, they released it, it to the public. That. And that's, that's the thing here. Both anybody, anybody operating any kind of political warfare and uh, they have, they have their uh, ammunition. It's just, when do they yeah. fire it? And I think this goes back to Trump and, and uh, the whole idea that Trump might be behind the whole leak. I know it said it was like a deter, you know, a, a defying. It was a dissenter. dissenter. It was a Chinese, Chinese dissenter. dissenter releasing this list of the Chinese communist party members, but it seems uh-huh. like it was almost flagged. Like, but why would Trump? I know. Okay. I'm sorry to interrupt. I don't want to interrupt. So your theory is that Trump released. No, no, no. It's not my list. theory. I, I'm, but I'm okay. suggesting that the, it's a the theory. Like, you are it's proposing. possible. That such, you know, the timing of it, he sort of green flagged it, you know, like, okay, yep, time to go with this thing. It may not have been Here's him per se, but uh, allowing the information to get out there, especially after the Fang Fang thing. Here's why I don't think that's the case. The inf- the list was released to four news outlets. None of them were in the United States. It was the Australian, uh, some Swedish thing, uh, a Dutch newspaper. And one others, but it was not in the it is not a United States outlet. Mm. I feel like if Trump was going to pull something like this off, why wouldn't he just send it to one of his friends? Why not the New York Post? Mm, that's a good point. That's a good point. But yeah. uh, well, the New York Post did get it. But did did they get it after? Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't get the li- they didn't. It, it, the 
list of 2 million CCP members was sent to four outlets, the Australian, a Swedish outlet, a Dutch outlet, and one other. I don't have the list right in front of me. Well, um, but it was not an American outlet. 40 chess, bro. <laughs> I just don't see what I don't see why there would be a reason that that I don't I don't even understand the like the desire to give Trump the credit. Well, for it's it. not even it's not giving him credit per se. It's just the fact that this adds to the animosity being built up against China and the United States at a time right now when the election stuff is going on and uh, it might allow Trump to. Uh, exercise his his executive order about foreign interference and specifically uh-huh. nail China as the main culprit for all of it. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be China. It could be anybody else, but I just want to give the Chinese dissenter the credit. You can I give mean, him the credit in, in a world, the dissenter uh, I'm giving him the credit. Cause that's what's reported by the outlets who received it first. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's important to n- not try to conspiracy away the credit from this dissenter because well, yeah. in, in living in a country now where dissenters uh, may become more and more important, China even more so. I mean, this Chinese guy who got the info and sent it out uh, to foreign outlets to try to expose his, you know, corrupt government's dealings. I mean, that guy took a huge risk. He, If they know who he is, he's a goner. So you think that because a lot of the infiltration is worldwide, it's not just the United States, but the United States I am, benefits from this I information. I am suspicious. Yeah, everybody benefits. Yeah. I mean, that there's worldwide. It was a worldwide thing. It's not just against America, these right, CCP right, members. Right. But I, I think. I think uh, but and yeah. I think uh, the, the idea of giving Trump credit for this. Hey, look, if there's any evidence to give credit for. To Trump for it, I would, but I don't want to give him credit for something he I'm didn't not even do giving, just because he's I'm not Trump. even bringing it up to give him credit. I'm bringing it up because I think he can use it politically to justify oh, sh- an enemy surely. to to go to surely war. Surely he will use it. And, and when, I, when you think about it, and this is kind of another point that I wanted to war. make. War. He's not going to go well, to war not, with and China. Not like an open scale war like in, the, in World War II necessarily, but in terms of uh, some some measures that would uh, that would be justified to take action on his behalf. It's possible. And, and of course, and, he will. of course he'll use and it. And if you think about the elite and how they operate, right, you kind of look behind the shadowy figures uh, that run everything. They, they thrive on war, right? They've, they've always thrived on warfare. And so yeah. right now, the sentiment I see a lot of times on, the social medias and all this, especially from Trump supporters. And this is not a criticism of them, but I'm just pointing out the fact that they are very like F China down with China. And it's really stirring them up to support. It's the same kind of psyop that supported, you know, war against the Nazis and and Japan and all. It's a similar thing. And so that, that's kind of why I'm like, Oh, this could be, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste. This is another one of those situations where, again, I'm not giving Trump credit. I'm saying that's, he can, that's not even a question. Well, I know. That's but not it, even a question. But, of course, he's going to use it. You're so hyped up about this. <laughs> Take it easy. Well, it's OK. Of course, Trump is going to use it. Of course, it's anti-China, the, not propaganda, but it will be used as evidence for actions against the CCP. Right. And this whole story about the, the hack 
uh, is just even more fuel to the fire. The other part of this is infrastructure wise. Uh, this could be because, uh, you know, we, we've been looking into the crypto uh, situation and, you know, people building Web 3.0. And if, if there was a peaceful, seamless transition to Web 3.0, people, uh, people would just do it slowly and naturally. Right. As people realize, oh, Google's no good. Let me move over to these other things. But it wouldn't be uh, in the best interest of the elite to not have a transition without some kind of conflict. And so this is another reason why I think, you know, releasing all this information, compromising the infrastructure of thousands of people and hundreds of, of the biggest companies coming out of the U.S., I think this is also part of the Great Reset. And allowing mm. allowing the 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 fall of the uh, the the current infrastructure to bring in the new infrastructure, and they'll bring along you know crypto companies or more uh, you know crypto uh, I don't know projects or whatever to sort of build that infrastructure, and it'll be I think a lot of them will be co opted in a sense by government because a lot of the problems or the the lack of uh, uh, traction with many of these crypto companies that are like, we want to free the internet. We want to do this. We want to do that. A lot of them are struggling with legislative barriers, but then if government comes by their side and they're like, Hey, we'll help you along. Then boom. Now you have all these you know th things like Ethereum or uh, Cardano or whoever they're going to be mainstreamed by the government. You know, allowing the, the same thing happened with Facebook, C CIA coming in, helping out Zuckerberg, and you know, alien man, whatever, and uh, allowing Facebook to become what it is. So, this is a very similar tactic, and you know, just gotta always think ahead when it comes to exposing things and the destruction of traditional infrastructure. They're doing it for something else. They're always thinking a few steps ahead, and so that that's the only yeah. reason why I even brought up the Trump thing because it's neither. It's not necessarily give Trump credit because he released the information. Now, I I hear you. I, I I think you. I mean. Of course, you, you make a, a correct assessment. Of course, this will be used. I did not think about it in the context of the Great Reset. That's that's a pretty good point. Um, but yes, of course, this will be used in all anti-China uh, decisions and activity. If Trump stays in office, of course, he's going to love using it. Who knows what Biden will do? Probably nothing. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just, well, that's, you know, you were, you were talking about Trump releasing this information. I, I, there's no reason to think well, Trump he doesn't release the information. He, he, he may have green-lighted it, though, you know? That's, that's all I'm saying. What, but why would he need to green-light a Chinese dissident to send it to foreign non-American outlets. I'm only looking, I'm even, only looking at the timeline <laughs> of things that occurred and <laughs> those other countries, are they, are they uh, friendly to the U S that were released? The, the news outlets, uh, Sweden, Dutch. Uh, yeah. They're uh, the Australian, the Australian, you know, Australia is a five eyes. Yeah, so there, I mean, it could be one of those situations where he's like, okay, I can't, <laughs> Because he's not going to be able to release it. But why in the world? <laughs> I'm just, just saying. Understand. I'm just saying. These are th hypotheticals. We don't have to argue about it. But I don't. I'm not arguing. I'm just saying. I don't. I. I just don't think Trump. Maybe. I guess he could have had something to do with it if he really wanted to. But it, there's. I just don't see why Trump even needs to be involved. I, in it. I'm just picturing him sitting there and going, "Release it. Do it now. We got the fang fang. <laughs> Bring out the next thing." Go ahead. Yeah. I'm 
I like the story of a Chinese dissident. To and getting, that could, you know, the, both things could be true. Corrupt the government. Both things could be true. You never know. <laughs> I just don't know why you want. I don't. I didn't say I want it to be. I'm just saying that it's. I know you're acting like. Well, because it's, no, the, it's okay. the only reason why I even say that is because of the timing of everything. If it wasn't, if, if it yeah. didn't happen right now, right after, on the heels of yeah. the Fang Fang story, I would be like, yeah, I would, I would so, 100% agree with you. But in the political climate that we're in right now with the U.S., it's just, it's just, um, um, to me, it's kind of like it's too perfect when it came out. So that's all I'm saying. It was perfect. It was perfect, but it was interesting. I just think it's interesting, you know, if if it did come out that way, you know, if we're talking about Trump being involved in the release of information, he would be much more involved in the release in the release of American information regarding the solar winds attack. And that came after two days after the CCP release. So that seems like it would have Trump involved more than anything else. Yeah. Let's see. But that would, that would put him in the seat of, you know, distracting from the CCP release. Right. Well, we'll just have to see. Well, it, it's neither here nor there. We're not going to change the outcome of any of this. But uh, I think he's he's still fighting the whole election fraud thing. Let's see. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to take a look at his most recent tweet here. Uh, wow, this report shows massive fraud, election results, uh, election changing results. Uh, and he linked to Detroit Free Press judge orders release of report examining uh, Antrim County vote tabulators. I'm getting messages here that the Dutch media is uh, not a friend of Trump. Oh, okay. So the go. Dutch media releasing it would uh, not follow the, the Trump hypothesis. Okay. Um, but certainly he will use it. Everybody will use it. Okay. Let's see. What other stories do we have here um, that we need, we need to hit? We need you to take a break. We need to take a break to uh, yeah. get get into the other stuff because we have a, cu- a few more things to cover. We have um, uh, just a real quick uh, Waxine update, a few uh, stories to hit, maybe not read the whole thing, but uh, there's a Bill Gates clip in there. And then also we didn't get to the Facebook lawsuit last episode. So we'll hit on that. Mm. And then we'll hit on an email that came in um, about the PCR and we'll, uh, we'll sort of, um, we'll just discuss the email and, and, and uh, a possible, not a refute necessarily, but just, just, you know, a conversation okay. about it coming from, you know, you and I, the naive people that don't know much about any of this. Uh, just sharing information, but anyway, do you want to take a break and then just let's you know get on with it? Because I'm yeah, running out of time. Don't you have? Yeah, a heart I do. Out today? I do. Yeah, I got okay. thirty minutes. Well, we're not going to hit all those things, but we'll hit as many as much as we can. But first, we're going to take a very quick break. Come on, take a break, everybody. Okay, uh, but don't go anywhere, because like Gon said, uh, after the break, we got some Wackchain updates and some Facebook info. Some very important stuff you're going to want to keep up on. But first, we want to take a second and thank some of our producers. And if you're new to the show, I'll be quick here, people. Don't worry. If you're new to the show, we are on the value for value model, which means that uh, you might have noticed we do not do ads. Uh, we don't sell any supplements. We don't, uh, 
mean, we don't do a lot of things that uh, would definitely be more profitable if we did. Instead, we are on the value for value model. We have eschewed the shackles of advertising, which, you know, a lot of people don't quite understand why that that's uh, such a rebellious act. But with advertising being uh, all up in bed with privacy concerns and big data, not to mention mind control, um, you know, we just decided that advertising was not the way to go for us. We, we realized that a lot of uh, podcasts and shows on the internet uh, are just peachy. They feel just fine about advertising to their people. Here's the thing, Gans, both you and I have had a experience with the advertising industry me a little bit just a just a little bit more than you and it really makes me sick because you there's big advertisers throughout the history of advertising which is not a very uh, long history where they specifically talk about advertising in the context of mind control and it's not just to get uh, you to buy a product or something like that it's to create a worldview in which you think that you need to spend your money and so any advertising in my opinion is participating in a corrupt system of this world that uh, you know the the global theology of incentivizing creators like Gans and I to think of you dear listener as a commodity to be traded to be packaged up and sold to an advertising agency and that just doesn't sit well with us instead we give the opportunity to for all of us to rebel against that system to put our own value on the media that we consume no longer are we letting advertising companies set the value of media that we uh, appreciate and consume on a regular basis it is now our turn to take responsibility and uh i've said it once i'll say it again it is a satisfying rebellion against the global theology of advertising and the and the sort of global economic economic system. So for those who want to join us in this project, as well as support their favorite podcast, uh, they can become producers of the show with the value for value model. And that's basically, hey, we create some value. If you get any value out of it, um, you have the opportunity to participate and keep it going and make it better. And it's only because of our producers we're able to continue to do this show so often and so well, might I say. Uh, so, first of all, the first way you can become a producer is by heading over to patreon.com slash Canary Cry News Talk, and uh, that's patreon.com slash ccnt, excuse me, patreon.com slash ccnt, and over there, Gons, we actually have two, uh, two, two people to thank. One of them is an upgrade, a producer upgrade from Frode, Frode, Rode, Brody. Brody. Thank you very much, producer Frode. Um, Frode. Uh, upgrading producer. It's hard enough to get new producers. It's even more difficult uh, to get producers to upgrade. So thank you very much for road. Next we have producer Jesse. Thank you, producer Jesse. 
Thank you very much, Producer Jesse. Now, we also do another show called Canary Cry Radio. It's an interview-style show. We do live interviews every Friday right here, wherever you're watching this. And uh, recently, we had a new producer come in over at patreon.com slash canarycryradio. That's patreon.com slash canarycryradio. And I want to thank our new producer, Sharon. Thank you, Producer Sharon. Thank you very much, Producer Sharon. Now, uh, Guthbrand, Guthbrand over on Twitch says, is Patreon better than the website to donate? Well, that's up to you because we also have canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. That's right. And I will say going through uh, canarycryradio.com slash support does take away um, one of the intermediaries, which is Patreon. Uh, So if you want to support us more directly, become a producer, canarycryradio.com slash support is the way to do it. We've got PayPal options. You can come in with a monthly producership, which goes a long way to lay down a, a nice foundation uh, of support for the show every month or if commitment is not your thing you can uh, make a one-time producership in any amount through paypal there's also cryptocurrency and other fun ways uh, there's also some good information about the canary cry roundtable of knights and dames over there as well gons who do we have coming in on the paypal PayPal. we have a good handful of people today uh, first off, we have our executive producer of the show, I believe. It's Protecting Bushes. Ah, is that Bush Protector or Protecting you know, Bushes? He keeps changing his name. It's morphing around. into different. I like it. It's fun. It's like a, it's a shape-shifting name there. But producer Protecting Bushes, thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Next up, we have producer Martin's Tea. Producer Martin's tea. Martin's tea. Yep. Thank you very much, producer Martin's. Uh, and there's a lot of like, I don't know the way he spelled his name there. There was a lot of characters in there and I, I wasn't a lot, quite of, fancy sure. characters. Yeah, a lot of fancy, you know, commas and slashes and things that I don't understand. Next up producer, Karen W. Thank, Thank you very much. Producer Karen, producer Karen. And next producer, Gerald W. Thank you. Producer Gerald. Thank you very much. Producer Gerald. Appreciate it. Uh, next producer, Laura S. Thank you very much. Producer Laura S. And lastly, we have producer Mercury rising. Ah, thank you very much. Producer Mercury rising. And they had a note, Isaiah 4214 and my family say Merry Christmas and God bless you. Basil and Gons and your families. Well, thank you. Ah, thank you very much for that. Isaiah 4214, I believe is a Twitch user. Yes. And um, I do want to mention a quick thing before we move on to the art here. Uh-huh. We just got an email from producer Ciara uh-huh. and said that uh, some fellow Canarians, uh, she says, some fellow Canarians and I had a Zoom meetup Ooh. this past weekend. Yeah. So we got some uh, got some meetups going on. That's one thing we have not quite uh, started talking about a whole lot but we've had a lot of canarians talk about wanting to do meetups um so i don't know we might have to create some sort of platform or something uh so canarians can meet up in real life and protest yes the lockdown orders. or zoom calls to, to start or off. zoom calls are fine yeah. too um 
Um, so cool. Sierra, Sierra, I see your email. We'll get back to you. About and that. I want to uh, mention producer Aaron W. You will be receiving an email. I did check. You are in knighthood territory. So we'll send out an email to oh, you good. Uh, to get your knighthood name. And we'll, we'll uh, knight you on Wednesday, episode 277. Yay. So yeah, it's been a while since we've had a knight. Uh, yeah, yeah. Zoom is compromised with, by China. So maybe not Zoom, maybe something else. But anyway. Um, and that's it for the uh, people that have supported the show with their treasure. Thank you so much. Uh, you can send mm-hmm. us jingles. You can give us your time and talent. Uh, jingles, songs, ISOs. We always appreciate any of those things. Uh, show related, preferably. And uh, as become tradition on our show, we would like to highlight and thank the producers that have sent in artwork. One art, please. <laughs> So, so far, we have, first off, producer Ali came in with uh, this piece shown on the screen. Podcaster creates super soldier powered by zero point energy. And it's a <laughs> picture of Basil with his googly eyes all floating everywhere. Uh, yes. And I've, I've lost my finger to my magnet workstation. <laughs> yes. Mentioned that last episode here. Yes. And I've, on my other hand, I've got two magnets uh, crushing my hand, but I am wearing my, uh, my uh, weightlifting shirt. Yes. So and good. the super soldier standing next to you is a good two feet taller than you. <laughs> so yeah. that would make him at least eight feet tall. Right. I've yet, I've yes, I've yet to start working on this this super soldier uh, project, but you know, with with all that's going on, I might need to come up with my own soon. Yeah, all right, yeah. Don't don't go golem on us. Don't don't create the no. golem like the alchemists. Are oh yeah. To <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for that, producer Ali. Keep it up. Uh, next up, we have producer Mark. Um, and he, I uh, don't have the note in front of me, but basically he came up with, he, he's been doing a lot of these, uh, taking some of the topics here and, and coming up with interesting things with it. Uh, this oh, one yeah. here, oh, I'm in the wrong email. He's talking about, he's the same guy talking about the PCR stuff. Uh, he said, I felt inspired by Ali's rendition of Basil Podcasterson to start another art series episode one attached. And it's the time traveling misadventures of Basil Podcasterson. <laughs> Yes, this is fun. Oh, good. Let's see how to best put this into audio form. So this first panel here, we've got Basil Podcasterson visiting the ye old timekeeping shop. And uh, Basil says this, come hither, Sir Kitty. Let us see what novel wares the watchmaker hazeth today. Up on a high shelf at the back of the shop, covered in dust, Basil finds an aged but very intriguing timepiece in sort of a spirally, uh, 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 almost like a Salvador Dali style looking watch. As Basil inspects the watch, his finger accidentally hits one of the dials. A date appears in the face 10,000 BC. There's a bright flash, and then... Oh, Sir Kitty, what an evil happenstance has been cast upon us! And then the T. Oh, chicken sized T Rex. <laughs> yes, Basil is uh, riding a T Rex here, and there's a, a volcano and some velociraptors. Thank the Lord I learned well during Father Rex's dinosaur language lessons in monk school. So, this is the talking dinosaur talking here. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> a really good spelling of that yeah. noise. 
where or when will this odd watch lead Basil and Sir Kitty next? Stay tuned. Very good. Thank you very much. Um, oopsies. And then there is another. Uh, it's a blank version of, of the template and header for anybody else who wants to join in on the fun. So uh, oh, if you go to canarycrynewstalk.com, you'll get a blank version of the episode and the heading there and just a, a picture of Basil Podcasterson just there. Oh, that's good. Opening it yes. up to the, the masses, a, a, a crowdsourced comic about uh, Basil Podcasterson. Thank you very much. Who is that? Was that producer, producer Mark? Mark? Who did yep. that? Thank you very much, producer Mark. Yes, thank you. Next up, we have producer Tom. And producer Tom came in with a piece here that shows, uh, well, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Uh, producer Tom, uh, let's see. It's, uh, he said it's also on his website, the greatest puzzle ever.com. It is, uh, oh. it's like a giant with a, a screen with the all seeing eye as a head. And then a bunch yeah. of like zombie ish, Creatures, uh, angry zombie creatures, and they've all got uh, the all-seeing eye sort of glowing on their forehead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go at it myself here with a, uh, with a, an interpretation. I think maybe that's sort of the mind control, maybe the media mixed with the uh, other, um, you know, control mechanisms of this world, controlling the zombie hordes who are marked yeah. by the all-seeing The media eye. beast Very cool. emerging from the sea to yes. control the minds are of you, the masses. Very good. Are you reading that? Did he say No, I'm, a, just, I'm just giving my own spin oh, on it. You're just explaining it better. <laughs> good job. Yes. Yeah, so thank you very much, producer Tom. We appreciate it. Uh, next up, we have one from producer Rianne. And this one is a flippy arm flipping a burger and it's captioned. Hey everybody, it's your favorite disembodied arm here for a flippy menu update. We are now serving liberal burgers with your choice of freedom fries or the new fan favorite Waxin chips seasoned with garlic powder and a tasty crunch of MRNA in every bite. Big government's got big taste. That's a, big government's got that's a really good line. <laughs> if we good. see that on a billboard that's one day, we'll know that they stole it from Rianne. <laughs> big government's got big taste. Yeah, that's a really very good. Who Rianne, is that? Who, uh, Thank you, producer. Rianne. Who said in her note, if it makes us feel any better, everyone pronounces her name like a whiny cat. Rianne. Rianne. <laughs> <laughs> we just triggered her. But thank you. Thank yeah, you for that. Sorry. Great piece of art. And lastly, we have, we got a picture here. It was a, uh, you know, again, we, we normally don't like photos, but every once in a while we'll throw it in because and it's kind of mm -hmm. interesting. Uh, but this one was sent in by producer Steven and he said, uh, chicken waterer of the beast. And it's like a picture of a chicken watering tank. On the back of it, it's got a little giant logo and the number mm -hmm. six, 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 six. Well, um, six. <laughs> there's only th six, three, six, three six, sixes. Six, 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 yeah. yeah, we're stepping over each other. Now it sounds like there's six, 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 which is whatever. But yes, very interesting. The chicken of the beast. Uh oh, I lost Basil. No. Uh, in the meantime, thank you so much for all the producers here. Really appreciate it. Uh, I think Basil wanted to read a note. 
Um, a quick Rona update from the Netherlands from producer Lloyd. Uh, they said a quick Rona update. I thought you might find it interesting to know what's going on in Sodom. <laughs> Please note that I'm not a native English speaker. My apologies in advance for grammatical errors. Today, the government announced on the news that the Rona measures of the partial lockdown will become more severe. Uh, okay, so his computer froze. It's falling apart, so he's going to reboot. So I'll read this in the meantime. All the non-essential businesses will be shut down until further notice. Only public facilities like supermarkets, hospitals, and government institutions will stay open. In the beginning of 2021, the Dutch government will start waxing people. In the Netherlands, they still, uh, there still is a law that says no one may penetrate your body without your consent, also in the case of waxination. However, the Dutch news shows announced that some businesses consider not allowing people who are not vaccined to enter their store which is very familiar to what we're dealing with here uh and then tonight at 7 p.m dutch local time president rute or root uh will hold a speech to officially announce the new rona measures and that they will keep us posted thank you producer lloyd appreciate that to keep us informed about what's going on around the world when it comes to the rona uh lockdowns and also the vaccine measures and um oh a note here uh i don't know if this is from the same thing uh okay <laughs> uh it says basil when you stand before the most high god in judgment don't you think you will deeply regret not showing the image of god your face please heed my words uh brother and pray on it <laughs> we'll have to ask basil what his take is on that whole situation there of uh feeling guilty when he stands before god is he not going to feel guilty about not ever showing uh, God's image through his face. So very interesting. Thank you so much for all the support, all the producers out there. And um, for time's sake, oh my goodness, we're so running out of time. Uh, let me go back and end the break here. Yes, it's wake up time. Hey, yo, wake up. And we have a couple uh, COVID vaccine updates. A pandemic special. Vaccine. This is New Hampshire Union Leader or unionleader.com. Gov's order makes COVID vaccine registry mandatory. Governor Chris Sununu last week signed an executive order requiring everyone who receives a COVID 19 vaccine to have their immunizations registered with the state. New Hampshire has been the only state without a vaccine registry a list of who has received which vaccines, though state law directed the Department of Health and Human Services to create the registry years ago. The state only began building the registry this year. So uh, part of this sounds like, hey, pretty sweet to be in New Hampshire. There's no registry or no record of you ever getting a vaccine or not getting a vaccine, but apparently uh, they've been forced into complying with uh, the rest of the country in creating that database and now the registry is mandatory which doesn't come as a surprise again i'm more surprised that there was anywhere in this country that didn't have some kind of database uh keeping track of that stuff um uh let's see next up real quick here this is uh considering the ai artificial intelligence 
And this is timesnownews.com. Researchers introduced the first artificial intelligence tool to detect COVID-19 probability. And, you know, this is one of those we wanted to read, but I don't know if we have time to read through everything. Um, Let me do a couple paragraphs here. Washington, a study in the Journal of Medical Internet Research introduced Biocognive's new AI COVID software that can easily predict the probability of COVID-19 infection. A team of researchers from the University of Vermont and Cedars-Sinai discovered high accuracy in predicting the probability of COVID-19 infection using routine blood tests, which can help hospitals reduce the number of patients referred uh, for scarce PCR testing. Lead author and University of Vermont assistant professor Timothy Plante, MD, MHS said, quote, nine months into this pandemic, we now have a better understanding of how to care for patients with COVID-19, but there's still a big bottleneck in COVID-19 diagnosis with PCR testing. PCR testing is the current standard diagnostic for COVID-19 and requires specific sampling like nasal swabs and specialized laboratory equipment to run, quote, according to data from over 100 U.S. hospitals. The national average turnaround time for COVID-19 tests ordered in emergency rooms is above 24 hours, far from the targeted one-hour turnaround. Biocognitive Chief Operating Officer Tanya Kanigan, PhD, said, Complete blood count and complete metabolic, me- metabolic panels are common laboratory tests ordered by emergency departments and have rapid turnaround time. These tests provide insight into the immune system, electrolytes, kidney, and liver, The researchers were able to train a model that analyzes changes in these routine tests and assigns a probability of the patient being COVID-19 negative with high accuracy. So very interesting that they would use AI to not directly test for COVID-19, but use a probability or, or other aspects of your blood or blood test to come up with a result of the probability of having COVID-19. And this is, um, you know, th- this is another one of those cases where you add a layer of AI into the mix and it, you never know how accurate these things can be. And certainly it all depends on the, you know, the data in data out and the way, uh, you know, the, the information is analyzed. But again, you know, this relying so much on AI is somewhat troubling. If you ask me, uh, let me see if Basil is back yet people are saying our rip basil yeah they didn't like someone didn't like what he was talking about today maybe it was me maybe i got my secret agents to shut him down over there uh but there you go this is another troubling aspect of using ai to justify and again what happens if the ai starts freaking out and and what are the levels of false positives that can uh, come about from a layer of ai uh, just to speed things up. And so that's uh, another troubling aspect to this whole situation here. Um, and then lastly, this is, uh, I saw this, uh, you know, Bill Gates. He's out there again talking about the the pandy. And uh, let's hear him on CNN. It's a two-minute clip. Hopefully it gives Basil enough time to log back in. People in California are right now under brand new stay-at-home orders uh, as hospitals there uh, risk being overwhelmed. Um, there are a lot of governors uh, who oppose bringing back these lockdown orders and forcing businesses cl- to close. What do you think? Do you think more states need to consider taking that kind of drastic action and the kind of drastic action we saw when the pandemic first began? Or can there be a more nuanced approach? Well, certainly mask wearing 
uh, has essentially no downside. They're not expensive. Bars and restaurants in most of the country will be closed as we go into this wave. And I think, sadly, that's appropriate. Depending on how severe it is, the decision about schools is much more complicated because they're, you know, the benefits are pretty high. The amount of transmission is not the same as in restaurants and bars. So, uh, you know, trade-offs will have to be made. But this, the next four to six months uh, really call on us uh, to, to do our best because we can see that this will end. And you don't want, will it? you know, somebody you love to be the last to die of coronavirus. When that do you is, think ugh. life will fully return to what we thought of as normal back in January? No masks, no social distancing, uh, no other protective measures necessary. <laughs> Certainly by the summer. I like how he takes a sip we'll be after the question is asked. Way closer to normal than we are now. Normal. But even through early 2022, unless we help other countries get rid of this disease and we get high vaccination rates in our country, the risk of reintroduction will be there. And of course, the global economy will be uh, slowed down, which hurts America economically in a pretty dramatic way. So we'll have, starting in the summer, about nine months where a few things like big public gatherings uh, will still be restricted. But, you know, we can see According now to that somewhere between 12 to 18 months, and we have a chance if we manage it well uh, to get back to normal. Uh, okay. Who, number one, the signaling of like, oh, you don't want your family member to be the last to die from COVID. That is egregious. That is so disgusting to me. I, I, I ugh, makes me angry. We're taking things that are genetically modified organisms and we're injecting them in little kids' arms. We just shoot them right into the vein, right into the vein, right into the vein. Right into and then, you know, my whole thing is, and this is, you know, it's kind of an outplayed thing, but who voted for this guy? Did you vote for this guy? I didn't vote for this guy. Why is this guy the authority on any of this? He doesn't even share science, really, to lock down anything. And in fact, uh, I think in California... There was a, a guy who challenged or I think sued uh, Mark something. I don't remember his last name, but he's a lawyer and he sued the county of L.A. or Los Angeles uh, about the lockdown specifically pertaining to outdoor dining. And basically the court gave the, the, the county like a couple days to come up with actual scientific evidence. And of course they didn't. They just pushed it up to the state. And so now. Uh, Mark, uh, Garagos, I think is his name. Uh, now he has to do the whole thing again, run it through court and sue the state. And so this is pretty ridiculous. There's no science to support the idea of shutting down things is actually stopping the, the spread of something that has a, what is a 99.97% survival rate or whatever. It's, it's ridiculous. And, uh, this is a weaponization of science in general, but then also something that is, that's just as bad as the flu maybe and making it politicized and, and the scientific dictatorship showing its head. It's quite egregious. I really, uh, you know, despise this whole situation here with Bill Gates getting out in front of people and pretending like he's the <laughs> expert in all of this. He's not even a doctor, but you know, we've, we've gone through all of these, uh, I don't know, criticisms of Bill Gates before the uh, Bill Gates of hell. So not going to really 
talk about it too much other than that. Let's see. Where's Basil? Uh, let me check on him. How you doing, bro? <laughs> we'll see if he's able to come back here. Let me just keep moving on here. This next one is uh, concerning. The, this is the hill.com. Facebook faces most serious breakup threat yet from lawsuits. Uh, briefly here. Oh, he, did he say something? Call me in. All right. Let's see. We can bring Basil back in here. I'm back. Give me your, give me your, your visual. There you are. I there did. you are. You're back. I made it. I made it. Wow. That was catastrophic. Yeah. Your camera probably moved too. Cause you're not in the same spot, but I fixed you. It did. It was, it was a big disaster. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, we did, but we, we kind of moved on without you. Uh, but, but That's one of the fine. things, did you do birthday? Oh, I didn't do birthday. Oh, I uh, missed it. Okay. Let me do birthday real quick. Let's do it real sure. quick. This is, uh Oh, where's my birthday jingle? Oh no. Oh, here oh. it is. Yay. Yes. Quick birthday. And, uh, if you have a birthday near coming up, let us know. Send us an email. It was just by chance I happened to see that dollar signs in the Twitch chat uh, mentioned that it was his birthday tomorrow. So happy birthday, dollar signs. Happy birthday, dollar signs. And then I read the note from uh, producer Lloyd, and uh, I did want to oh, know, good. Basil, when you stand before the Most High God in judgment. No, that wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's why I need to be here. That wasn't from <laughs> oh, Lloyd. Oh, it wasn't. Okay, who was it from? No, that was from somebody in the oh, chat and I put it there because I wanted to respond to it, but uh, it was so long ago. It doesn't matter. But yeah, it was well, You can funny. respond to it now. Somebody, what are you going to say? You're, you're not, I don't even know if they're still here. So? So there's somebody in the YouTube chat. Okay. <laughs> anyway, let me here. Move your cursor. Your thingy is blocking. Oh, I can't sorry. read it. Yes, Basil, when you stand before the Most High God in judgment, don't you think you will deeply regret not showing the image uh, of God? Please heed my words, your brother, face. and pray image on it. Image of God, meaning your yes. face. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not going to regret it. <laughs> Thanks, Thank, Thanks for caring. Okay, well, we went through all the stuff there. Uh, the only thing we haven't gone through is that we were, I was just about to read the Facebook lawsuit breaking up we don't have to read through it i'm running out of time i'm really short on time so yeah yeah i know this was a perfect timing for our <laughs> uh short time disaster yeah. so basically they're the government is looking at breaking up facebook and and you know other uh big tech companies i don't know if it's going to actually happen it'd be very difficult for it to happen but there's a compromise and a hack that takes out all this information I mean, they could restructure some things, but again, I go back to the idea. Yeah, I mean, it's really a free for all considering this uh, solar winds hack. Who knows what's going to happen? This is the biggest black swan thing since COVID, and it could really change the whole online landscape. We'll yeah, see. We'll see. And, it, and it's going to take a little bit of time before we fully see the effects of how the solar winds, you know, uh, manages to affect one thing or another. Although I, I am seeing how. Uh, President-elect Joe Biden solidifies his victory by clearing 270 votes threshold in electoral college count right now. So we'll see if uh, I'm say that again. Joe Biden being confirmed. 
victor by clearing yes. 270 vote electoral college count. So this is yeah. um uh oh it's it's happening right what, now. Yeah, according to oh my gosh, Garsh, yeah, PBS and CBS and all that stuff. So we'll uh uh cementing yep cementing joe biden's victory according to the electoral college so we'll see go. now okay uh, we'll see if uh yeah trump might bust out his eo captain eo michael <laughs> yeah that would be that is kind of the last uh his last option coming up here not a lot of luck with the scotus stuff um so did you did we talk about whack chain we stuff? Did, I we went through that? everything we, already. Yeah. Oh, we're done. Okay, well, we did it. I got back just in well, time. Well, we did. I didn't want to go through this email. Do you want to save that for next episode from producer Mark? Hmm. Um. Yeah, we're we're short on yeah. time. Uh, I do want to go through that from producer Mark. Okay, we'll do it next episode. Um, and we'll do it next episode. Okay. So, yep, we're done. Okay. There you go. Thank you, producer Mark, for your email. We always appreciate it. Um, so there we go. Yeah, I guess we'll end the show, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gotta okay. go. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Now, here's the thing. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday, December 16th, uh, sometime between noon and 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So make sure to put it on your calendar. Turn on notifications, although you might just have to put it on your calendar because apparently notifications rarely go out. Um, but there you go. December 16th, sometime between noon and 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Also, remember to follow Follow us on uh, the RSS feed with a podcast player of your choice. Just search Canary Cry News Talk. We put up uh, each episode after the live broadcast, but it has uh, significantly better audio quality, probably with the exception of uh, this episode because my computer crashed. I have no idea if that file saved, Um, but either way. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Now, here's the thing. Uh, We will still be on the value for value model on Wednesday. So uh, we're going to need some producers for that show. That will be episode number 277. There's some sort. There's something there. And so if you've been thinking about becoming a producer of the show or if you get any value out of the show or, you know, just pray about it. See if, uh, you know, the Lord wants you to support the show. Get involved in one way or another. Uh, We cannot continue to do the show without the support of our producers. It's kind of the whole thing. So thank you to our producers of episode 276. That was Frode, Jesse, Sharon, Protecting Bushes, Martins, Karen, Gerald, Laura, Mercury Rising, and of course our artists, Allie, Mark, Tom, Rianne, and Steven. Uh, Thank you guys so much. And we look forward to the Wednesday's show. Now, here's the thing. You can also help the show out by sending in art or jingles or songs. we got the Canary Cry mixtape that plays at the end of the show here. And so no matter what your creative ability is, there is a place 
for you. So you can send all that stuff to canarycryradio at gmail.com. You can also uh, let us know if it's your birthday there. We'll give you a little birthday shout out. Okie dokie. I haven't plugged the Canary Cry community recently, and I figured I should do that. So if you're looking for a place, I mean, the the Facebook problems just keep getting (laughs) darker and deeper. So if you're looking for a place to fellowship and connect with other Canarians just like you, head to Canary Cry. dot community that's a real url go there it's a little old school it's not quite like a facebook but it's even better it's kind of more of a forum it's like a forum mixed with a social media so you should definitely do that great place to fellowship and uh, connect with other canarians you can talk about different current events or theories or you can get involved with the canary cry gamers guild there's the canary cry foodies there's something there for everybody Um, and you know in these days it's more important than ever to connect with people um, where you know you're not going to get in trouble by saying something wacky you know everybody's uh, being themselves over there it's a really good time and if you're looking just for looking for someone to talk to or get feedback on something that's a good place to do it too now there's also the canary cry merch perch oh that's a jingle jingle. Uh, I wasn't not ready for that at all no kidding. Well, you can head to Canary Cry Merch Perch, uh, where it's a it's a family run operation. There, producer Dust has taken that project on, and it's a place where you can get your Canary Cry merch. It's uh, all sorts of fun designs there. Lots of them uh, stem from the art that has been sh- on the show before. Uh, there's the Canary Cry, the Canary Swole Radio Workout uh, Tank Top. Oh, we actually that reminds me of an email we have to get back to um but go there everything's sold at cost to try to keep the cost down for our dearest canarians there um but you do get the opportunity to tip the webmaster tip the artist or you can tip gons and i so um we're really proud that uh, we have producers picking up all these canary cry projects and producer dust thank you very much now if you want to help out the show in other ways you can go ahead and share it share it on your social Social, or just go ahead and send it to somebody uh, who you think might appreciate it. We uh, will also be reading ratings and reviews on Friday. So if you haven't left a rating and review, uh, check us out on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. You know, that's leaving five stars and telling people how awesome the podcast is. Very important. But like I was saying, you can share the show with people in your life who are starting to wake up to the fact that the world is not what it seems, not just, you know, vaccine related, not just election related, but really a full scale view at all the things going on in the world with a biblical worldview, biblical lens. Very important. Uh, You know, a lot of people don't have that type of program that they can tune into. Um, So go ahead and do that. And if you need any more instructions, here's what you do. You grab them by the cage and you shake it. The world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages. Hey, stop that. Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Rattle a few cages. Rattle a few cages. 
Engage the human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right. Just ask Noah. All right, folks. Thanks again, Gons. You got any last words? Uh, no. Thank you guys for tuning in and appreciate all of you, all of your producers and everybody listening, watching. Yes. It's very cool that you guys are always here. It's very touching. Yeah. It's a good time. So thank you so, so much, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of Canary Cry News Soccer. Remember, we'll be back on Wednesday, the 16th. But until then, remember to think outside the cage. I want to rattle a few cages. I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati. Another fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> Another fun fact. Brings me back to my screamo days. Don't even get me started on bidets, man. Bidets, man. Bidets, man. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, you were living the life, man. Bidets, man. Former champ. DuPont, that's where I started. Light up a huge blunt, a joint. Give everybody magic mushrooms. Smoke. The CIA, you know, I mean, lots of intelligence agencies have tested secretly dosing communities. Psychoactive pills should be covertly administered.
don't know, just put me on some, some, I don't know. Are you okay. shot in the butt? Fluoride, oxytocin, get a chemical hug. Uh, I did dabble, you know, some of that uh, robot crack. I know what it's like. It's a lethal, lethal recipe for disaster. You need help. If you're a pharmacist, you need to repent. <laughs> All right, weird. <laughs>
future humans will be confined in a people zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and warm. The camera's on